Warning, some members of this podcast have been known for gratuitous use of the F word. If the F word is something that offends you, fuck it, let's do this. Awesome. Hit the theme music, Doug. Sunday, August 8th, 2021. Greetings, all of you vertical victims of the virus. Congratulations. You're still standing. Yeah, you yeah. made it another week. <laughs> Just so you could make it to our amazing voices. Oh. <laughs> well, hey, fellas, actually off the top, got to let you know, uh, we've got a, a Benedict Arnold, a Judas in our midst. Stone. Uh-oh. What did she do? She got the vaccine. Oh, that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, she actually, she called me all serious this week and it was just like, I got to tell you something. I'm like, okay. She goes, I got the vaccine and she sounded really pained about it. I'm like, Stone, it's not our side that goes off on people for making their own choice. Right, right. <laughs> that bitch going out there, getting the vaccine all on her own, making, her own, dare de- you? making her own decisions yeah. and acting on them. Now she's just like my parents and over half my friends. I what know. a fucking intolerable. C- we, did, <laughs> we did not approve that. We didn't approve that. Yeah. You home wrecking whore. Uh, yeah, she's, my, not a, she's no longer the honest home wrecking whore. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's a lying home wrecking whore now. Turncoat home wrecking yeah. whore. Well, well, <laughs> well, here's a turnabout phrase for you, Miss Honorable Honest Home Wrecking Whore. Um, that vaccine doesn't even, well, even if it did protect you from one virus, it doesn't protect you from all the other ones. Well, not the ones that you're in danger of getting. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I don't know if I approve this message. If if anything, Stone, I, I mean, congratulations for taking, you know, taking one in the butt. Uh, the shot, the shot. The shot. I, at least I imagine that's where they put it. Hey, I don't only know. one of us has a prelapsed anus here, and it's me. A shot in the butt? Or prolapsed. <laughs> I was just going to say. You're thanking her for taking a shot in the butt. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. But she probably needs about 15 more, is all I'm saying. Like, she, one's not going to cut it, honey. <laughs> <laughs> but we still love you. No, I mean, she she did say, she was like, you know, um, she's been going to, out to Texas. Quite a bit. Oh, um, <laughs> wow. Which I don't know why I'm mentioning that right after in the butt. But um, <laughs> oh. either way, no, I mean, she's got family out there and her uh, granddad's not doing too hot. So she was just like, you know, just in case I've got to go and see him or since people are going to be around me, they're going around him. Uh, I guess I'll get it. So it was just kind of one of those. I guess so things. I mean, yeah, if you want to get it, get it. I mean, Arona, if you want to get it, get it. Oh, no, of course. If you would like it, go ahead and get it. No, like I I said, two shits. Like I said, our side's not the one that gives people shit for making their own choices. No, here's the equivalent. If we were to do that, Uh, uh, guys, uh, announcement. We will no longer record this podcast until all three of us are vaccinated. (laughs) Y'all going first, obviously. (laughs) that's how it is out there in the real world yeah i know it's crazy and that's what we're against uh if everybody ends up getting vaccinated even including us hooray for everybody don't care it's the it's the initiation of it's the shaming of it all yeah it's it's, it's, the dividing the splitting people into two camps right 
I mean, do you fucking give people shit for not getting a flu vaccine every year? No. no. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody. If you want a flu vaccine, you can go to the drugstore and get it for 10 bucks. If you don't want it, just keep driving by the drugstore. That's the way this shit should be. Same shit. Now, I will say this. This weekend, yesterday and Friday, uh, being this weekend, I went out into the public. Holy which I haven't shit. done in a, quite a while. Like as far as like actually going out to entertainment events, uh, my sister and her family came up for the weekend, and we went to Top Golf, which is uh, all the rage if you're on Instagram. A whole lot of e thoughts are taking pictures of themselves not swinging golf clubs worth the shit. But anyway, the place is fun as fuck. I highly suggest that we all go one day. Sounds fun. It is fun. It's fun. I just uh, I can't uh, drive on a golf course or at Top Golf. So either way, <laughs> I suck. Well, yeah, we're not expecting you to really carry us to victory, but it is <laughs> it is just a fun way to kill time and throw money away. But it was funny because I was curious. Okay, what is it like interacting with normies out in the world? All this shit, people are losing their minds. Get vaccinated, wear a mask, double mask, blah 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 blah. blah. What is it really actually like? Well, before we even got into the front doors of Top Golf, there were signs all around the front door. You know, masks mandatory for those not vaccinated. If you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And at first, I was like, "This is gonna be a real pain in my ass." No, it's a honor system thing. <laughs> well, they even had police officers at the door, and I was like, "Fuck, are they gonna start doing like temperature checks and?" rectal scans or whatever the fuck they do <laughs> no no the police literally just said hey guys how you doing um yeah we're that was it that was yeah. it like we're not even gonna take just, any more of your time they're making us stand here yeah, so, we, yeah. we're getting paid to stand <laughs> here so <laughs> hi your tax dollars at work yeah, yeah. Uh, there was i think five of us that walked right in not a, one of us with a mask i don't even think any of the employees had masks on no one asked us if we were no one gave a fuck we got our little, we, we paid for our bay. We went up, had a couple drinks. I pulled my left side rib muscles, trying to out drive my sister's boyfriend, who's a, a former Marine and bodybuilder. And uh, I am neither of those. Well, I think it's, I think it's turning into a liability thing now for businesses. Like if somebody goes to a restaurant or whatever and they get COVID, uh, I think the business is just covering their ass pretty much by putting all that shit up on the, you know, yeah. It, it's it's your responsibility to be vaccinated. If you're not, and you come in here and you get shit, it's not our problem. And I think right you know, now they're just they're testing the waters, how far they can push and rhetoric and practice. Right. And the only thing saving us, oh, it kills me to say this. I think the only thing saving us from this becoming a real deal problem is the fact that it's not FDA approved. Because what it what ends up happening, and we dealt with this about a month and a half, maybe two months ago, in a different scenario, but very similar. Right. It's the insurance companies that are running all this. Yes. About two months ago, I got a phone call saying that, uh, not to get too into the weeds, but I was either going to have to get rid of my dog or there was not going to be any homeowner's insurance that would cover my home because of the breed of yes. dog because it was speculated that i own a pit bull i don't know where they got this crazy <laughs> idea. i don't know where they got it either no. he owns a boxer he's yeah. got 
buddy yeah. the boxer. So long story short, I had to go get an official like change of breed form from my vet to where they would recognize him as an approved breed. Because apparently, I didn't know this because I'm a moron half the time. Uh, this podcast should be exhibit A of that. It's a thing. But there is a list. There's a list. I was very much unaware of this, of like 10 to 12 different breeds of dogs that if you have them, homeowners insurance companies will not cover your house. And I can say this now because my dogs have passed away. But when I bought my house, Mm -hmm. this house that I live in right now, I had a chow and chows were like number two on the list at that time. And I could not get homeowners insurance on this house before I closed on the house and it was turning into such a big fucking deal that the real estate agent, the attorneys that were doing the closing, everybody got together and they found one insurance company that I'm not going to name. I'm not going to name you, (laughs) but they said, are they in the Cayman Islands? They said, this person, they told me, they said, this person from this particular insurance company is going to call you and they're not going to ask you if you have a dog and you're not going to volunteer the information that you have said dog. Hello. My my name is Jeff. (laughs) Uh, and so, and so the phone call happened exactly as they said it would. Yeah. And I moved into my house with a chow. And not only that, I got another one. And then I got another one. I had three chows in my house at the same time. And they were on the list. My chows never bit anybody their whole fucking life yeah. that they lived. And they lived for 15 years, you know, 15 and 14 years. It's a long time. Actually, 16 and 14. Yeah. And so I can say that now because, ha-ha, insurance company, you can't get me anymore because I don't have them anymore because they passed away. So, and that takes me into, like, so just that right there, that scenario about dogs, your your ability to own or live in a home is jeopardized because of the insurance company. Right. Based on an arbitrary thing built up based on nothing but fear-mongering. Right. And, 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 bad, well, and bad press yep. and uh, propaganda. Yes. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, because, uh, I mean, one of my favorite parts of that story, when you told it to me, was when you called the vet's office, and I think you said you talked to a nurse, or, I mean, well, what be considered, you know, just... The receptionist under- at a vet office. Right. Yeah. But it was basically, you explained the situation, and it was almost like militant, like, oh, we're going to fix this. Yeah, what breed do you want them to be? Is yeah. pretty much what she said. Yeah, or, or she said she even asked me just read the list of breeds that they won't approve, and we'll make sure he's not one of those. <laughs> but my, another offshoot of that is what you're going to find is a lot of people who own one of these ten non-ownable breeds claiming they're something else. So some dipshit, some decision maker somewhere is going to look at the stats and go, "Wow." Pitbull ownership has just plummeted. I don't think that uh, there's a single American that owns a German Shepherd anymore right, right. because they're lying. Yeah. It's get, the same thing's going to happen with this vaccine. You're going to have people creating fake uh, yeah, ID vaccine, yeah. vaccine cards. Yeah. Uh, trust me, the, the 4chan nerds have already been all over oh, it. Right, yeah. right. There's, uh, there's threads out there. I'm not going to tell you where to go. But if you're good on the internet, you can fucking find it where they straight up tell you the paper stock that is being printed on, the type of ink that they're using, everything, the type of printer they're using so that 
if people are so inclined, they can integrate into polite society and never have to actually get the well, jab. What about that horse shit that Cuomo released? That whole, it was like something like keys, the key to New York. Fuck him. He's a rapist, shit. dude. Yeah, that guy <laughs> just rapes women and fucking gets away well, with it. Fuck him. Well, before we get on to Cuomo, because I do want to get there. Um, I was just saying, if, if they enforce it enough, which will happen if the insurance companies are able to use an FDA-backed thing, then we're all fucked. Then you're gonna start. You're gonna start seeing artificial this, and you're, you're gonna go down to the flea market. And uh, instead of everybody being in the line for a fake ID, uh, the vaccine line is card gonna is be, gonna be yes, uh, out, the, out door. the fucking door. Yeah, yeah. And so we, we also didn't just go to Top Golf. We went to my first Braves game in almost two years. Which, like I said last year, when the pandemic was happening, that was what I would truly was missing: was concerts and sporting events. And I don't even give a fuck if, like, uh, you're a fan of any particular sport. The ability to just be able to go to one is what I was missing. And so we went to the Braves game, and it was a damn near sellout. Um, not a ounce of social distancing. Not even any like arrows on the floor. Yeah, everybody's everybody's or, over this, man. Everybody's yeah. over this. And this is the, the getting back to the FDA thing. This is the. Just creme de la creme of all of this bullshit. Mm -hmm. It is illegal for any doctor to treat anyone in the United States without an FDA approved drug. Uh -oh. If you try to treat someone with a drug that's not approved from the FDA, that doctor will go to prison. Yeah. We'll do time. We'll lose his license to practice law. Or now, her. Now, I mean, practice medicine. Sorry. Yeah. 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 The law. Well, same shit. Anyway, uh, if that, it, with that being the case, and you have this vaccine that's not <laughs> FDA approved, it's not approved by the FDA, and no. probably never will be. I, if I, if I have to guess, I would say that there's something in this vaccine that the FDA is going to find unsafe and they're not going to approve it. Now, there will be vaccines that they will approve, but I guarantee you the ones that are mostly in people's arms right now would not be approved. And if they are approved, they're going to be approved under suspicious circumstances. I don't know. Uh, money can clear a lot of red tape. That's what I'm talking about, suspicious Well, And, and that's why an FDA approval means absolutely nothing to me. Mm -hmm. Because just let's just take a gander in the past, recent past, as a matter of fact. How many things were FDA approved that now are parts of yeah, class action lawsuits? Yeah, that kill people. Yeah. Baby powder. Yeah. Cancer mm, causing. Yeah. Hey, yeah. did, did you have heartburn five years ago? I still love that shit on my nose. Thanks, so. uh, thanks, Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And did you have heartburn five years ago? Well, take this FDA-approved Zantac. Oh, <laughs> sorry, that causes cancer. Yeah. Well, now we got to pull it off. So the FDA approval means absolutely nothing to me, but it means everything to the insurance companies. Right. But right now, because we're in this limbo, you can go to places where they're going through all of these artificial steps, saying. You know, wear a mask unless you're fully vaccinated, but we can't ask if you're fully vaccinated. You can go to a, a baseball game that's sold out, and you are nuts to butts on top of strangers and not a fucking mask to be found. Now, I will say this just from because uh, I think I might be the first one in the group to go to a big stadium event like this since the 
shutdown or whatever, you know, over a year ago, I did see masks worn, but it was maybe less than 10. And most of the people that were wearing masks were people younger than any one of us. Right. Wokies. Uh, like people in their 20s. Right. Like fucking, like straight up, you could just look at them and tell that they pull up and they pull up to their house that probably has a Biden sign in the front yard, a Black Lives Matter, next to a Black Lives Matter sign, next to an LGBTQ sign with a banner above that says we uh, support all people in walks of life with a small caveat and small print, unless you deny the vaccine it, or, <laughs> or it's probably the same shit as uh, I told you both this week as I was delivering Uber that this woman yelled at me for not having a mask on in my fucking car while I was handling her food. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, people are nuts. Like here's an example or here's a quick story from the time that my family was up here. Uh, my sister had to take my niece to the ER Saturday morning. She was having abdominal pain and it lasted overnight. So they just wanted to get her checked out, make sure it wasn't anything crazy because school's back in. And if she ends up testing positive for COVID, it's, it's a fucking nightmare of nightmares that she was going to, she was trying to avoid and get tackled while she was up here. So she went, she took her to the ER first thing Saturday morning and they have like tents out in the parking lot that you get screened in before <laughs> no, I you ever even there. go yeah, into the building. And my sister, I don't think my sister can find a mask. And uh, your sister probably couldn't go in. Would they not let her go in? Well, that's what I was getting to. So she doesn't have a mask. Like I would have to look to find my mask. Right. So they just wheel right up to the fucking ER and people are coming to the car to greet them and whatever. Because my niece is a minor, my sister has to accompany her. Right. Okay. It's law. Right. Um, they will not admit minors without the parent or whatever right. in the you know, in that process. And so my sister was getting out of her fucking car and some random ass dude who was waiting on, I guess, his significant other that was in the hospital gets out and starts yelling, she can't go in there. She can't go in there. She doesn't have a mask on. And he was being the fucking hall monitor of the hospital. And my sister said that the the hospital employees, the staff there was like, sir, basically said, shut the fuck up and get back in your car. Like, <laughs> we know what we're doing. Because they went in the ER and there was nobody there. Right. Because they got everybody waiting out in their fucking tents. Right. Yeah. And they were like, sir, hey, random dude in the fucking parking lot, can you leave the medical shit to, I don't know, fucking us <laughs> the last time i was at the hospital i couldn't go in with my wife yeah they wouldn't let me go into the actual emergency area and i had to stand out in the fucking you know the little doors and the two there's yep. two doors to get into the hospital i stood in the little area in between the two doors with a cop yeah. <laughs> standing there and i had a mask on of course because they gave me a mask there and i'm talking to the cop i'm like what the fuck is going on you know and the cop's like i don't know man yeah i mean so it was yeah i know it's crazy it, that you can't even go to the emergency room but With, it, it was just funny to me. You're at a medical establishment, and you got the know-it-alls yelling at other in the people <laughs> what should and shouldn't happen. Yet, I was at a Braves game later that night, and nobody said a fucking thing. Right. And there's like 70,000 people or whatever, yeah. you know, just, like I said, right on top of each other. It was If it wasn't a sellout, it was only due to the club seats not being fully <clears throat> uh, occupied, but... Anyway, Jim, we had a great time. You were at a super spreader event, Jim. Oh, oh yeah, oh, that's twice. <laughs> twice. Two nights in a row. So if I'm telling you right now, if I don't have COVID uh, 
before the next time we record, which is possible, then this shit is fucking fake and gay and dumb and we don't need to be doing any of this fucking shit. Because if you if I can't get it by being around tens of thousands of people within a 24-hour span, then uh, what the fuck are we doing, America? America. Uh, and by the way, as of right now, Sunday, August 8th, I feel fucking great. Have you so, still got yeah. your COVID test? Yeah. Yeah. Did you take it yet? Fuck no. <laughs> I, my personal take goal. Take it this week. Take it this- <laughs> no. I don't Wait. even want to be in the system. Oh, okay. I got you. My personal goal is to to see how long I can make it without either a dying. I mean, that would be a pretty good <laughs> high water mark to hit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and secondly, without noticeably uh contacting or contracting covid right, right like like the bad kind where you can't taste smell and breathing is hard and you're intubated and all that other shit like also want to stay uh, sh- sh- <laughs> south of hitting that mark yes uh and then the next one is i, I want to see how long i can go without even getting tested so right now i, I still have quite a quite a few more marks to hit uh before i die Right, but mm. but I'm still not at that first one where I even feel like I need to get tested. Yeah, I don't. I, I haven't even hit the first of the milestones on that one. Yeah, so. I haven't either. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't think it's there. I really don't. I think it's just like we talk about on here. It's fear, man. They're just scaring the shit out of everybody, just like they did with the Olympics, and there was no traffic. <laughs> they're they're scaring the shit out of everybody to where there won't be anybody that that can go out. If you go out and you somebody ask if you're vaccinated, just say yeah, yeah. and keep going. Yeah, of course. And you know, even if you're not, just say yeah, sure, man. Yeah, yeah it's, I'm vaccinated. No, it's, it's no different it's, than um, filling out a job resume, and it's like, yeah, I did some college. Yeah, and they're like, did you graduate? It's like, I mean, I was there for I, I, I was there. I was there. <laughs> it was five of the best years of my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> because all I've ever done. And, okay, well, here's telling on myself. Um, I, I never graduated college. I know. I'm sure that now, episode 53, they're like, what? <laughs> what? This fucking brainiac doesn't have a college degree? <laughs> God damn, they've been lying to me the whole time? Yes, yes, I have. That's the usual by- byproduct of going to Georgia Southern anyways. I don't have mine either. Oh, dude. I Well, we're, we are the majority. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I never graduated. But every time I've ever filled out a resume... I've always, they always ask college experience. And I say, yes, I put down the years I was there. They said, oh, well, what was, uh, what was your concentration? Major. Yeah. And then I write down what it is and then I just keep moving. So, and most people just look at it and uh, they're the ones that make the assumption. Yeah. Oh, he's a college graduate. But really what they are looking at is what's your work experience. Right. Like, okay, cool. We're going to assume you're a, a college graduate and we're just going to keep it moving. And, and so no one, and remember when you assume you make an ass of you and me. Correct, and that's my only goal in life. So I am doing a killer job. But my point in all this, kids, especially the ones that kids. might be at college age or younger, um, just go to be able to say that you win, I guess, and have fun. But uh, no one ever checks. All my friends that did graduate college, never a single time have they had to walk in with their diploma and put it down and say, "Here, here's proof." No one ever verifies. Yeah, much like the, this vaccine shit. That's probably high school graduation is probably the same thing. I've never guess. had to prove I've graduated anything. I actually did have to verify that I graduated from high school on one job. Oh, it was only one. It was like five years ago. Burger King. 
<laughs> and for somebody no. that's had more jobs than both of us collectively combined, that's still pretty good odds. Yeah, that's still pretty good odds that you're never going to get checked to see if you've ever completed a single fucking thing in your life. Because they'll tell, they'll be able to tell within the first six weeks if you're worth the shit or not. And they got no problem firing your ass and hiring somebody else. But is it, everybody that's like, well, you got to go to college in order to have access to a, a decent job. Lie on that shit, man. Just write whatever the fuck you want. You like Tulane? Fuck yeah. You, you are a green wave, baby. Class of whatever the fuck you want to be. Go get that job. Go this, make something out of yourself. This portion of Ignore the Rant was sponsored by the School of Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Welcome to the Department of Bullshitification. Uh, you're an, you, every listener has an honorary degree in bullshit just from listening to us. Although I would say, you know, just as, it holds just the same level of value as an actual fucking uh, degree. I don't yeah, know. So. We, we've said uh, don't come here uh, for the news. I, I think I'd also, you know, push that over to don't come here for job advice either. <laughs> <laughs> Not from you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> God damn, man. I don't know what's going to outnumber the other one. The number of trips and falls that he has or the number of jobs, jobs he quits. He, yeah, right. Like it's neck and neck and I don't right know which there. one's going to win out. <laughs> oh hey Wait, as long as uber keeps paying me better than every job out here then i'm probably going to keep on switching back to it shoot for the sky there you go <laughs> but just watch out for that stick yeah yeah and and make sure you're packing <laughs> all right that's a lot to keep up yeah, with he yeah, might no one of those. okay he, may, he might be i mean with all the slips and falls i might uh shoot myself so <laughs> yeah, he's gonna yeah fuck dude <laughs> yeah, that's true you might just want to carry a fake one <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> I'll be like uh, Cheddar Bob and freaking, um, you know, Eight Mile. Uh, I'll yeah. just be like, yeah, guys, I accidentally shot myself in the ads. I know what we can get you. We can get you the little the little hey. poppers, the things where you throw them on the ground uh, yeah, and they, they make pop. a pop. Yeah, yeah he'll, he'll just get back. We can get, <laughs> get, on, get, get away from me. <laughs> you get closer to me, I'll fall on you. <laughs> I think we should get him a cane. A cane with a fucking Sword? blade in it or something. Yeah. I got one. Yeah, pull that motherfucker out. Oh, I got one. She, just give what? me something to numb my fucking ass. This this is killing me. Yeah, this is. <laughs> and by the way, we did start the podcast with Arona standing. Yeah. Oh, I will be standing again. Sat, you should have seen the look on his face. Yeah, if this was a video podcast, nobody would be listening to what we would have to say no, be the last 10 minutes. They would just be looking at Arona, like trying to find an angle on his fucking ass that he can somewhat put weight on so that he's not in pain. It's fucking, ah, uh, God damn it. It's magical. Yeah. It's like watching a baby try to roll over for the first time. Yeah. It just, yeah. It, there's a lot of motion, but he's not going anywhere and he looks uncomfortable. No, it's terrible. And I mean, you know, the, it's actually good advice that um, they say on the internet. It's like, you know, when you have a bruised uh, tail, tailbone, lean forward. Just, you know, keep all the weight off of that area. And just, it's the weirdest thing when I'm trying to drive, you know, just my head against the steering wheel pretty much. So, yeah, I got nothing for you. I've, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've fallen a lot, uh, over my life. It's mo most of those were alcohol induced. Um, but I don't think I've ever fell on my ass to where it hurt. The only, well, you've like never had the force of 300 pounds. The only injury <laughs> no. that I've ever had where I couldn't drive at least three months. I drove a four cylinder S 10 pickup truck with one foot, a manual transmission. Yeah. 
I had to throw that in there because if you've ever tried to ch- work a clutch with your left foot <laughs> that, yeah. and the gas, that, that's it's, three pedals, it's man. It's fucking hard to do. You have a tendon that runs from your big toe to the heel of yeah. your foot. Yeah. And I was coming down a ladder and I actually heard this tendon pop. It made a audible noise and I took a step and I heard a pop. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And so I took my next step and then I went to take my next step on that foot that popped. Not going to do it. (laughs) Not going to do it. Wound up hopping down the ladder, getting to the ground, freaking out, totally freaking out the whole time. Can't put any weight on that foot at all. None. Yeah. And I know people that have told me about sciatica and sciatic pain and shit like that. And I always thought, you know, yeah, yeah, you hurt, you know, yeah. I'll be honest. The only thing, the the first thing that comes up is uh, the scenes, the repeated scenes in Biodome. Right. Where he's like, oh, is that your sciatica? Yeah, yeah. And then they do the like karate chopping on the shoulder. Okay, now mine went sciatic. And now your sciatic nerve runs all the way up your leg into your ass. And and that's what happened with me. I After about, this happened after about maybe a month. Maybe a month and a half after that tear happened, I was putting so much weight on my left foot and walking with it, you know, and hopping on it and shit like that and crawling to the bathroom in the morning. That was, I couldn't even walk when I couldn't even stand on my own two feet in the morning. And that was terrifying to me. It was fucking terrifying. That's never happened. And uh, I would crawl to the bathroom. I'd make my way up on the counter in the bathroom uh, to standing up. And, uh, and I would piss and then, uh, I would hobble around on my left foot. Well, I was got used to putting so much weight on my left foot, uh, that when I started to use my right foot again, I was trying to put as much weight on it as I could because I was trying to, you know, work it out, you know, get it to fucking work again. Mm -hmm. And what happened when I started doing that is the tendon was starting to heal in my, (laughs) in my foot but it went and I tore it again. I basically tore it again and it went sciatic and went up the nerve in the back of my fucking leg. Now, when that happened, that is when, that is when what the look on your face right now, just looking at his face right now, I had that look on my face for easily five months. Oh shit. (laughs) That's how, that's how long and how hard this shit and anybody out there that deals with sciatic pain. Yeah. I fucking feel you now. I do. I know what that's about. Sure. I I never knew before that happened to me, but when that shit went sciatic and it shot up my leg, dude, I would be in my truck trying to drive (laughs) with one foot and bouncing up and down, trying to keep the pain, just, just the pain from, destroying me while i'm driving yeah yeah. and uh Mm -hmm. because i had to keep working i'm not i don't have the kind of job where if i get sick or if i get hurt i can just fucking stay home and heal that's not me i can't do that i have to keep working and i worked all through all of this but it was i gotta tell you man any and when when i look at him like i said the look on his face that was the look. That was the pain I had in my ass. Oh, yeah. It went all the way up to my ass, and it hurt like I mean, all the way down my leg. So again, listeners, when you're filling out that resume, <laughs> lie, lie, yes. lie your ass off. There you go. <laughs> lie your ass off, and uh, also make sure you never step on straight linoleum getting out of the shower. Yeah, there. 
I think that's two lessons. Bust your ass. I think that's two lessons that. uh, Yeah, I just want. That's why people come here. Lessons for life. I just, I just know the look on your face, man. That's all. That's all I was saying. I know that look. I know that look. I saw it in the mirror every day. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, I don't sure. know. I think that's the same look that uh, various uh, interns and whatnot for Cuomo have had on their face. There we go. All right, that's the second <laughs> attempt. Let's get into it. Okay, I've heard his name again. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a mess! What a, I mean, seriously, yeah. it's like I mean, what it, what passes for uh, you know salutation in Brooklyn? Is it like two knuckles up the snatch? Oh, it's not just Brooklyn. Yeah, it's power in general. It's just it, funny. It goes straight to these fuckers' heads. This dude. whole Cuomo thing is fucking hilarious to me because if you don't, if you have a memory that lasts longer than a fucking housefly, uh, you can remember last summer when he was being heralded as like this great savior and this this honest politician, the man of the people out there doing the things, you know, sticking it to Trump, telling him to fuck off, and also like getting those goddamn ventilators. Um, my how someone's persona can. Well, be changed in the public eye so quickly. And this is what this is what all politicians try to do. They try to keep their personal shit separate from their politics. But when you get into it, there every one of them has personal shit that would take them out of politics. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and everybody knows about them. They just keep it at bay to get those people to do what they want. Cuomo was the golden child. Yeah. Yep. But now they kind of are looking back going, you know, having over 15,000 dead grannies, that's a toughie. Right. That's a toughie to win re-election. So, but he made it through that. Yeah. So because that's going to be a pretty big dead mound of people in the, you know, that's a big hurdle to jump, yeah. 15,000 dead bodies. But they knew that that was not going to be good for him as far as any re-electability and all that other shit. So they were like, well. He can't go completely unscathed because if we don't throw out some red meat to these people, they're going to have some honest arguments against his policies. Right, right. Well, yeah. what? how do you circumvent bad policy? Bad personal decisions. Something that he can get treatment for. Something that he can apologize. He'll go on an apology tour and say, I'm sorry, everybody. It's just, I do it to everybody. I do it to the blacks. <laughs> <laughs> I do it to dudes. I mean, his recovery speech was the funniest shit ever. Where yeah, he's talking yeah. about all the people he does this to. He's like, "Yeah, no, look at me. It's my Italian roots. I, uh, I don't know what you're talking about here." Yeah, the sad thing is, is that's almost fucking verbatim. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, he threw out all this other shit because obviously he's hitting on hot interns and people that he has power over. And he's like, "No, no, 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 no. I even do it to these uh, scummy ones over here, yeah. like." Like the Irish. (laughs) (laughs) But what's so funny about this whole Cuomo thing is, uh, you know, do you remember a guy named Donald Trump? Does anybody remember that guy? Does not. Okay. Amnesia, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I got amnesia, bro. Yeah. I mean, these, that's, that's my point in all of this. All of these dudes, all of them are fucking scumbags. They're all scumbags. They've all lived a life of fucking luxury from the time they were little kids and they were grown up and groomed to, they were groomed and educated and all, everything that's about them is to shit on little people, is to make them the saviors of the fucking meek. That's their, that's their whole lot in life. And the whole 
of Washington and state politics and it, every fucking politician is like that. All of them are like that. Now I'm not going to say all of them. There's some that are, there's somebody out there running for a County seat somewhere that's that fucking works their balls off every day, but they get that County seat and then, Hey, maybe you should run for mayor. Then they get on as a mayor by the time they're the mayor. Oh, it's on. It's on. You're getting money thrown at you left and right. Oh, yeah. And and your decision making gets clouded by your your financial fucking well being. Yeah. And and once that happens, and it does happen to all of them, once that happens, and the, and these people get into powerful positions, fucking governor in New York, that is that is fucking pretty big, massive power. That's a oh, massive yeah. amount of power. And once you get to that point, and you got somebody like Cuomo, he he done shit his life, you know. Is they, he comes from rich a background, and they all that I like. I love the way that whole family is. Oh, we were hard working. What? No, you weren't. No, you weren't. Yeah. No, no. Your dad, yes, your dad busted his nuts back in the day, and then he had a bunch of kids that just fucking got whatever they wanted whenever they wanted it. You know, same way with Donald Trump, Donald Trump's dad. I don't know what he did. <laughs> I'm not going to speculate there, but it has something to do with the Germans. But he, <laughs> he, his, his father raised a bunch of kids that never had to want, they ne- never wanted for anything, nothing. They have nothing in common with the three dudes that are sitting in this room right now or the other fucking 340 million Americans that they represent that. uh, Yes, I'm putting that in quotes because they don't represent us. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're all politicians. suck. They're not even the ones in true power. They're all beholden to the people that are their financiers. But one of the most hilarious thing, though, with uh, this whole Cuomo thing is on CNN. Um, Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo uh, were talking and um, Don Lemon says something like, oh, I love you, brother. You're an amazing guy. And then no non sequitur just switches right into. So the New York uh, governor and just like starts talking about the rape uh, allegations. And it's like no, like, you know, trying to segue into it. It's just right off of. Yeah, Chris, I love you, man. Oh, by the way, your brother's a rapist. Well, you know, that's that's politics. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this, it was is funny. All, this is all set up. Uh, and it's just funny. You got Cuomo dealing with that up in New York. You got Newsom getting recalled in California. It's just funny to me. I don't see that happening in other states where, I don't know, they didn't try to uh, strong arm their citizens into their homes for indefinite amounts of time. Right. I, I would imagine to say that's not that popular amongst the people they are supposedly air quoting again representing when you piss off the masses your job security gets a little shaky right and um you see how they're trying to turn the shit against uh what the fuck's his name in florida DeSantis. DeSantis. desantis you see where they're trying to turn the tables on him now talking about how the covid rates are up so high that now it's desantis is is being Santos. Yeah. Yeah. He's and there. It's not going to work. I'm telling no, you, I'm not. telling you on your political, all you political fucks out there that think you can bring DeSantis down to the voters of Florida with COVID. It's not going to happen. No, I know 
too many people in Florida. I've lived in Florida for a very long time. There, it's you're not going to do that he with is, the no. people in Florida. He is one million percent exactly what they want. Yes. The only thing that I would caution Florida from doing a fucking endless end zone dance is you were only about four percentage points away from having the same exact motherfucker that New York has, right? The same motherfucker that New Jersey has. Right. And California and all the other worst, uh, Gillum or Gilliam, whatever the fuck his last name is, that crack smoking, you know, piece of shit. Uh, but you, so you, you say you were, you, you, you were this close to not being any different than all those other places. Right. And you say 4%. I think that now that divide is much wider now because now people are actually seeing what the fuck all this shit is bringing. I would hope so know? because, and the only, and the biggest concern was, the amount of people leaving New York and California and all these other places flooding into Texas and Florida, were they going to come bring their stupidity with them that would turn those two places yeah. no better off than the places they left? Right. Which segues into a little clip from one Sir Rogan, um, who has started to kind of get a little more vocal against a lot of these tactics that uh authoritarian or authoritative governors are wheeling out there is it finally starting to hit austin well i think it finally just started to hit rogan i mean you don't move your entire company you know halfway across the country if you agree with how it's working back home but he was still like i don't know i think you know he was so fence sitting the whole time which is hilarious because the spotify execs were losing their minds when he came out and said i don't think kids need to take the vaccine i mean they're relatively healthy and it it, it seems like they're not really being taken out by this thing and they were they were shrieking i can't believe he's saying anything other than what the narrative is well i think he's officially said fuck that shit and so we will go now to a clip from a recent episode of the Joe Rogan experience can't do what you want to do unless you do what I want you to do. I mean, Don Lemon was talking about that openly on CNN. Yeah. Don't have a vaccine. Can't go to the supermarket. Don't have a vaccine. Can't go to work. Like, it's so strange that people want to say things like that. Like, that's the thing that blows me away. Why do you why do people? OK, first of all, it's not strange. This is the part I I implore people to get the fuck over. It's not strange. It's intentional. So stop with this bewilderment. Like, I can't believe they're saying. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> want to. Because uh, they're dumb. They're dumb. Right? They're dumb. They don't understand history. They don't understand right. human beings. They don't understand yeah. human nature. They don't understand the history of every single country that's ever existed mm-hmm. other than the United States. Up until 1776, every fucking country that has ever existed was run by dictators. Right. All of them. This is the first one where you had elected officials. This is the first experiment in self-government that actually worked. And it created the greatest superpower the world's ever known. It created the greatest cultural machine. The greatest machine of art and creativity and innovation right fucking here. And how did it do that? It did it through freedom. Because when you give people freedom, you let people do whatever the fuck they want to do, they actually find ways to succeed and grow and thrive. All right. It goes on a little further, but this is, that's a good stopping point. He's incorrect already, but I like that he's at least not 
uh, pussing out on this thing. Right. It, if more people are starting to think and at least sound like Rogan after moving away from California, New York, or whatever, I agree with you. I think DeSantis is is only growing in popularity. Mm-hmm. Now, he is incorrect. America is not the first country that ever ran that wasn't a dictatorship. Uh, mo- most of them were monarchies, which is a, uh, okay, dictatorship, monarchy, whatever. But there were also Antarctic, uh, anarchy states that existed. Ireland, uh, for about 1,300 years, as well as four others that I won't get into because I won't nerd you out. Yeah. I don't want to get too hard on the guy, um, but I do like that he's at least expressing a little bit of, this is fucking bullshit. What, what happened to the, at least the spirit of America, the right. idea of America? Yeah, right. And that I want to continue to push. But one thing that is has been very consistent on Rogan and most of these other podcasts is they're saying this is the slope we're heading down. You know, we're getting, you know, closer and closer to an authoritarian state. We're getting closer and closer to a situation where we don't get to make our own choices, where we don't have our freedom anymore. Yeah, and they argued about this on this past week's episode of Bill Maher. Uh, the guests were, uh, I know they had Ben Shapiro and another guy on, uh, a black guy that was former military intelligence that's on MSNBC all the time. I forget his name. Bill Maher and his lefty guests were saying, they were making the claims that really the right are the ones that have the power. The left, they just have what appears to be power. It's soft power. This this whole, you know, pressure campaign, it's not real power. And it's like, it's pretty real when you get fired from your job and can't afford your home or your way of life because you don't say the appropriate words or or you say the inappropriate word. Um, that's true power. I guess it doesn't take true power to start a you know, partial genocide in freaking Yemen. No, no. Yeah. But, but uh, anyway, continuing on with this clip, just to see where old Rogie takes us. As soon as you put the boots to them, as soon as you tell them, you have to do this or you can't do that. You have to listen to me. Now you have a mini dictator. You right. have one step away from a king. You have a one step closer. You're moving one step closer to dictatorship. That's what the fuck is happening. That's what's going to happen with a vaccine passport. That's what's going to happen if they close borders. You can't enter New York City unless you have your papers. You can't go to here unless you have that. You can't get on a plane unless you do what I say. And people say, well, it's all about protecting people from the... Mm. No, it's not. It's not because we've shown this is a fact Just a couple of months ago, the idea of a breakthrough case was unheard of. Nobody heard of anybody catching COVID that had a vaccine, right? Right. That was the whole idea. You get a vaccine, you don't have to worry about it. Now we know not only do you get it, but you can spread it. And some people have died. Apparently, it's a small number. I don't know what the numbers are, but I know that most people who get vaccinated, when they do have the disease, they have a better time of it than Mm -hmm. the people who are unvaccinated. But where are the people out there calling for people to get healthy? Where are the people out there calling for people to lose weight? Seven. I like the second half of that clip better than the first half, to be honest with you. Uh, because that's what has to happen. Normies like Joe Rogan, who has a lot of influence, they need to start coming out speaking out against a lot of what is going on. Because you can, you can get distracted with Cuomo and his uh, touchy fingers. While de Blasio is locking down the biggest city in America, saying that if you don't get vaccinated, you can't even enter the city. 
They can they can push that shit in while they dangle this sexual harassment bullshit over here because most Americans go, oh, it's New York. It, they're talking about it, it's it's the same thing. It's the same place. It's the same guy. Um, and they can distract you with this bullshit. They won't have anything. Whatever. He'll get impeached. They'll put him another Cuomo in right behind him. But I get a little uh, just a momentarily a momentary growth of hope when I see somebody. That's so middle of the road like Rogan actually coming out against this vehemently. And I applaud him on that. Now he just needs to keep going down that road and uh, join us. Yeah. No, agreed. And, uh, you know, I, I do want to cover Yon Me uh, Park. Uh, and I, I do recommend anybody listening, uh, check out that episode because, I mean, it's very powerful. I mean, I, I like I said, I did not have the knowledge of all the stuff that people go through in North Korea. Um, however, I got to yeah. say something tasteless. Go for it. Completely tasteless. She didn't get them titties in North Korea. No. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and I was going to say, on or top those of, lips on, on top of what Arona was saying. Uh, she's a good propagandist. Yes. She's very good at what yeah. she is. Oh, trust me. <laughs> oh, trust me. Uh, that's very part and parcel of, you know, some of what I'm going to go into. She here. actually looks strange to me because, like, she was created in a lab. Yeah, she, <laughs> she looks very, she looks very North Korean, and then she's got them giant titties, and it's like it just doesn't look right. Yeah, she's anime yeah. incarnate. Yeah, that's it. That's her. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. her new name now. Anime incarnate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm anime incarnate. <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna. I think uh, I went into Mickey Mouse a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> North Korea is bad. Quit fucking them pangolins. <laughs> now get back in your sweatshop, see? <laughs> no, so so I, I've brought up 1984 a few times, um, and uh, definitely kind of the effect, and uh, you know some of what's brought up in that book. And I, I you know, during her interview, she said. Basically, uh, you know, North Korea is 1984. Um, so I'm going to play some, you know, just a couple clips real quick. Um, one of the more horrific things that um, Jordan and you discussed was you seeing your mother raped hmm. and that your mother sacrificed herself because they wanted you. Yeah. And this is the first time you had ever even seen what sex was so i didn't even know that was sex i did not know even that was a rape because we didn't have the vocabulary in north korea so in north korea there's no word for stress there's no word for stress because how can you be stressed in the socialist paradise so there's no word of trauma there's no word of depression because you cannot be simply depressed in socialist paradise there's no word for liberty there's no word for human rights there's no word for rape or even sex. So I, I just thought something I was seeing was horrible. But later they t told me that was rape. I did not know that was rape. But you also said that you never heard the word love. Yeah, no, there's no word for love in North Korea. So your mother never told you she loved you? You never told your father you love him? Yeah. None of that? So in North Korea, there's even no word for I. So they don't want people to be individualistic, right? That's the worst thing you can be. It's all a collective vision. So when North can say, I like water, I say, we love water. We love kimchi. 
So that's how in, when I'm in South Korea, we keep saying in South Korea, there's difference between we and I. So when you say I like this, say I. And then, of course, all the North Koreans keep saying we love this country. And South Koreans get so frustrated that we are keep misusing I and we. And that's, that's how vision controls your minds through language. It is George Orwell's 1984. They create double speak. Yeah. Why language is so important. What about me love you long time? Is there a word for speak the fuck up? Jesus. She's coming across like she's been silenced her whole life. Yeah. There's a microphone in front of your teeny tiny little mouth there. Come to North Korea. We love you long time. Yeah. Well, time to speak up. Can't hear the word. Come How long has she been mouth? here? She's been here for a while. Huh? Yeah. Uh, since she like she, 13, 14. She said she still dreams in North Korea or something. Yeah. She lives there or whatever. Yeah, that's terrible, man. It, I'm not... I'm not sure. saying that her story is not fucking horrible. I mean, it's horrid. But when you look at the powers of the world, you know, if the United States is supposed to be this big, mighty dick, why aren't we doing anything about that kind of shit in North Korea? You we know, tried. It, we, we had a, we had a war of, in 1953 right, over it. I know, but that's what I'm saying. So why why well, is why does when people escape anywhere in the world they want to come to the united states why is that because it's, we don't suck as bad as the rest of the world and no it's because they in their life they know the united states as the place that they can be free to do whatever the fuck they want to do now they might have heard stories from their governments or from whatever their whole entire life but if they ever met a person that actually had been to the United States in their culture, like in North Korea, say there was a North Korean and they actually talked to somebody and said, you know, we can, you can eat whenever you want to in the United States. You can buy all the food you want. And, sit. and a lot of people in North Korea, if they're part of the collective, will turn that person in. They will say this person yeah. is spreading it's their propaganda. Job. It's their of, job to turn them in. Ex oh, yeah. Exactly. It's their duty to turn them in. So, it, when a person like that comes to America and they become, she's, she's an American now. No, surely. If she got here when she was 13, how old do you think she is now? What, like, uh, I think she's, she's 25, 26. Yeah, okay. The, the so CIA she, put her papers right through. Yeah, she's, yeah. She's, she's fully Americanized now. I mean, you can tell by her body and everything about her. Yeah. And so while her story is horrible and and just it, it happens every day around the world. Mm -hmm. She's here now. She's she's okay. You know she's gonna be okay now. Mm -hmm. And that that's not gonna happen for a lot of people that are in North Korea. Yeah, you know, that's majority. And not only that, but all those people that are in North Korea are not gonna hear her story. Her story's just for us. Cause and why is that? It, That's it, what I want to get to. That, and that is that, because what was your first reaction? What's the first thing you said? Was this is happening? It's terrible. Yeah. And and if America is so great, why aren't we doing something about it? That is the reaction they want you to fucking yes. have. Which is yeah. why I said she's a great propagandist. If if the U.S. went around and took out all of these horrible, evil dictators and Americanized the world, well then. Well then, now what? Right. Where's our next bad guy? No, I get why, it. Yeah. Why would 
we wouldn't have a need for this big ass military and all these toys to go drop on uh, countries that we allow to remain to be bad so that we can constantly stoke up this constant revolution of right. we got to overturn this we got to overturn that the middle east well that's not so popular let's go to the far east let's take a gander at north korea let's take a little peek into china let's make sure we start getting those war drums beaten to get the regular civilian class right. on board with some some heating up of war talk between those powers right that is that is what is being served up on a platter and they went out and got this girl to do it no mm-hmm. different if you look back before Iraq War One, back in the late 80s, you had this cute, meek little girl testifying yes. in front of Congress. Right, true. The Iraqi soldiers are ripping babies out of Kuwaiti uh, NICUs and, and incubators and throwing them on the floor to die. Yeah, and burning Never down happened. the hospitals. Never yeah. fucking happened. Yep. And that, that cute little girl that they got, that cute little Iraqi girl, was the daughter of our ambassador. It was all staged. It was bullshit. And that... That is what ended up getting us into the Middle East militarily, right? Which then brought on us funding a lot of bad, you know, uh, groups yeah, and right. bad actors mm-hmm. over there. It actually predates that, but this was this was the catalyst for what caused nine eleven, right? And and despite you know all the you know all that we're talking about here about oh why don't we do this about North Korea do that about North Korea. I mean, if you do anything about North Korea, you're automatically also dealing with China. Yes. And that's, their, that, that's that, the whole and point. And that's my yeah. point. That, and that's my whole point in all of this. All of these people in these other countries want to come here for the freedom and all of that shit. And I get that. What they don't seem to harbor is any ill will against the United States for not doing something against the shit that they live in in the country that they live in. That's my point in this. Is they... It, it, they all look to want to come here uh, to get away from the shit that they're in. But once they get here, they you, you never see any of them going to Congress and saying, why can't you do something about the starvation and all the shit that's going on in my country? I oh, they, never but they've that. attempted to do shit in North Korea. But No, what if, no I'm just saying yeah. you never see them come here mm-hmm. and do that. In a public forum to our government. And you never will. You never will see that. That's my point. I, I know my point is kind of weird and deep and scattered. And you you almost hit on it just a minute ago. Mm-hmm. When you started, when we, when we you start talking about um, if you've got the United States and then you've got all these other countries that are bad actors, whatever. And... Of course, the United States is not going to go in there and attack all these countries and change the way they live. That's not going to happen. But to the American people that watch her, <laughs> on the, they're going, why doesn't the United States go in there and do something about this? That's my point. It, well, yeah. it's, it's like, a, it's, and it's just like what you were saying, getting them amped up. Yeah. To fucking. What's the best way to, to get your idea acted upon? Exactly. Make it somebody else's idea right make 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 it seem as though the idea is coming from the populace right well and that that's something you know while i was listening to it i i was thinking to myself this all sounds a little too perfect like a little too on the nose and when i talked to you jim it's you, you know you were like well there's a lot of people out there that suspect that she's not entirely who she says she is now it's kind of funny 
because later on in the interview, even though it's very tongue in cheek, um, she says something a little too perfect that, uh, you know, could come back and, you know, uh, all I'm saying is remember this, a, a riddle on the nose. <laughs> you know, a part of me is, um, very upset that more people d- have not talked to you. Well, because I'm a liar. <laughs> because I'm a liar. <laughs> I'm the propaganda puppet of the West. <laughs> CIA trained me. <laughs> That's what they say. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. They, they don't have a word for truth in North Korea. What did I just do? <laughs> what did I say? Yeah, and, just, and just ask yourself this, because trust me, you're not the first person that showed me or, or told me about this this episode with Rogan. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of people are seeing it and they're like, oh my God, did you know that North Korea is severely fucked? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. did you not? Well, yeah. no, I did, but... How did you not know? But when it comes through this mouthpiece, it just, I'm so... And I'm like, ah, the propaganda's working right. on you. Right, If Just ask yourself this, people, with hopefully growingly skeptic minds out there. How does a little girl from North Korea that's seen all this horrible shit get plucked out of that country and dropped on Joe Rogan? Think about all the steps that have to happen from that point A to his studio being point B. Right. And all of the key people in high positions of power that have to pass, that she passes through to be able to even get to where she was. To say, because I'm a liar. Yeah. <laughs> the CIA owns me. Yeah, yeah. Well, because that is how that happens. Sure. And what we've already covered the reasons why they would want to do this. And I'm not saying that any of the details that she's saying about North Korea are any less truthful right, or any right. less bad. My point is, what the fuck does that have to do with me? Because here's another argument. There's bad shit going on. All over this fucking world right. and including in this country. Well, it's supposed to charge you up exactly. to get you against it. Exactly. Yeah. And it once that starts happening, anybody that comes out and says, you know what? Not my fucking problem. Now, immediately, what's your first? Oh, my God, Jim, you're a heartless fucking yeah, asshole. Yeah. Now you're just allowing this to happen to these people? It's right. like it was happening to them before you knew about well, it, yeah, dumbass. Before you even said that I'm so, allowing it to happen. So now all of a sudden, because you know about it, yeah. now all of a sudden it makes it worse? Yeah. You selfish twat? Yeah. Yeah. You uneducated, naive, <laughs> ignorant cunt. Bad shit is happening in your own zip code. Yes. Just the fact that you don't know about it doesn't make it less bad. And the fact that we know about this on the other side of the fucking world doesn't mean we have to go stop it either. Right. Well, and right. the point that I brought up before is the same. Th- I mean, we don't need this. We don't need this to happen as far as anything to do with North Korea, because like I said, it automatically leads back to China. The problem with anything happening with China, you know, forget for a second on whether our military has the ability to beat China. No, we don't. the quagmire that we would face is the same thing that we faced with Vietnam, where it's like, you know, whether we can beat you or not, we're just going to keep throwing people at the issue until, you know, all of us are gone. And I'm sorry, you know, we don't have the capability to outlast every last China or, you know, member of the military. Say it, say it, say it, say it. You're Chinaman? Say it. You're, yeah. <laughs> Chinaman. And here's the thing. 
you don't even have to have a war with China to get the desired results that the p- people in positions of power want. Because think about what always happens when a country's not doing so good or when a president isn't having a good presidency. Right, right. Let's stir up a war. Because what immediately happens when, okay, the crowd is getting a little divided, crowd's getting a little split off, a little bit outside of our, uh, our means of control. What's one of the best ways to get them all back on a single team? Yep. Make them Americans again. Yep. Yeah. And what is the oldest tried and true n- notion? A threat of war. A threat of us versus them. The, the war never even has to happen. The propaganda will be good enough to make you think that one is. Mm-hmm. This is a portion of that. Get everybody unified at least in one idea. Thinking, oh my God, it's so bad in North Korea and in China. Thank God. Thank God we have it so much better. Thank God our overlords are so much more forgiving than their overlords. And you start to think about America the same way that they're forced to think about North Korea. They get the desired result whether or not a war fucking happens. Right. This is their goal. Yes. This is what they want. And this is why I say, hey, cute little North Korean girl, terrible stories. You're cute. Uh, Nice rack. CIA put a lot of funding into you. Like, awesome. Next episode. Like, not going to work on me, bro. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not just sitting here going, fuck this. We need to stay divided or any of that shit. It's just, I don't want to get led around by my emotional dick, by our government and by our leaders (laughs) anymore. That's the whole, that's the the whole, yeah, that's the whole game. Yes. And and the problem, the whole problem is that division. You know, everything we talked about this episode is leading to the entire country being divided. And here's the problem. We don't need to be fighting one another against our issues, against our problems. The main problem is up top. And as soon as every one of us left, right, middle, who gives a fuck, turns around and says, hey, we've been giving you shit tons of money and this is what you're doing with it. And we turn around and hold them accountable as a single mass you know, that's that's the big threat for them. That's the big thing that they don't want to happen. But we never come to that point to realize that we're on the same team. So, yeah, I mean, we come back to the same place. Correct. Correct. The end of it is you're going to start seeing a lot more of that. Like, remember this, listeners, just a year ago, we, were, we couldn't stop seeing videos of police mistreating black people. It was all the rage. I haven't seen a single video this year on the news anyway, or on the main channels of public opinion. It's because Biden's the president. Well, of course. Uh, police it, aren't killing anyone. It must have anymore. stopped no, happening. It just, it just stopped. <laughs> oh, op- yeah, and, obviously. And, and now the vaccine is not evil. It's nope. not evil anymore because it's not the Trump vaccine, even though it is. No, they totally changed all the ingredients, yeah, Doug. Yeah, it's a totally yeah. different thing. Yeah. They scrapped all of their work, yeah, all and they the started research. over January 19th, yeah. and it's totally different now. Yeah. They, they dropped a small, minute portion of Biden cum into the vaccine <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. you know, made it non-Trumpian. Not just Biden cum. Obama cum. That's why it's hitting. Hunter Biden cum. I was oh! about to say. <laughs> well, they could just scrape that off of any surface the in most, Delaware. The most yeah. potent of all. All they did was just they emptied out every street sweeper in Delaware <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they were able to find some. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. Uh, that guy still fucking rules. I don't give a shit what anybody oh, says. Oh, no. They, he's they cannot get me to hate that man. Oh, man. No. he's Dude, he's an original. He's <laughs> an American original. Now, if some Cuomo texts cut, start coming out, I might start getting on his, you know, I might get behind that man. Right. But uh, oh, with all he doesn't have the dictation. With all the shit they had on Wiener before, you know, the good old New Jersey dude. I mean, they've got to have tons of pleasurable little nuggets that we get to enjoy down the line. I mean, hey, if if you want to get me a little more in the the, the Cuomo camp, start leaking out some of those texts. Come on. There you go. Come hey. on, news. I know you got them. In fact, I know you got a lot of shit on everybody because oh, we just yeah. said they have everything on yeah, everybody. Yeah, they got it all. Hey, Start. Julian Assange, please. Well, he, he's kind <laughs> of out of commission. Yeah, he is. Because <laughs> nobody will pardon the dude, now, even though he's done some good shit. Yeah, again, there, you you can't. <laughs> the people that should be out there doing the Lord's work, they're under lock and key. Right. That's because yes. you're not allowed to shake the tree. Yeah. So just remember. All the all these stories coming about coming out about Cuomo getting a little handsy with interns. That's what they want you to know. That's the allowable news that's right. allowed out there. Think about what's not allowed out I there. I know, I know. Mm-hmm. And look at uh, old homeboy in Russia. He can't even come back to the United States. Snowden, Snowden. Snowden yeah, I oh, mean no. that was, dude. He he cracked open just a shitload of stuff. And that, what's so wild is how um, how much access somebody like him had to to the shit that he had access to and was able to do what he did you know it, it's it's incredible because it's there it's see, there now i you would know, love that, to get his take on the vaccine passports yeah no right. shit. Yeah. i would really like to see him weigh in on a lot of the current shit that's happening right great you told us that we were being spied on uh spoiler alert already knew that you what didn't else break you got? You didn't, and that's another thing. That was also allowable shit to go out there. The, again, you don't even have to spy on everybody. If everyone thinks they're being spied on, that will naturally affect the over uh, the overarching behavior of people oh, just yeah, enough. Yeah, just if you if so, you think somebody's reading your text, it's going to change your habits of texting. People are now joking about, oh my god, hey, my FBI agent is probably going to laugh about this one. Right. This is something that they also want. Yeah, because if they give if they have the illusion that they can be everywhere at all times, then then they are because they're getting you to change the way you behave. I look at Snowden I, and I know a lot of people like to lump Assange and Snowden and uh, and Ross Albrecht and a lot of other people together as though they're, they're doing equal work. No, Snowden's no. all on his own. Snowden's a goddamn government agent himself. Y- yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Again, everybody that wants to just pardon Snowden. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pump yeah, the brakes. Yeah. Pump the fucking brakes. The guy's an intel spook, it, first it, of he, all. Not only that, but he's a traitor. Controlled opposition coming right. from within the fucking beehive. Right, Are you kidding right, me? Right. I'm going to go to fucking war for that dude? Right. Nah, sorry. A, you didn't tell me anything I didn't already fucking know. Um, and B, I've seen too many of these like former military intelligence guys or military analyst guys or i used to be in the hive and now i'm out those are the same guys that get people all riled up to go try and fucking do some really fed style shit right right not saying that that's that he would do that but he's come you're coming from that same camp so again if i'm gonna be uh if, if i'm gonna be consistent on this i'm not jumping on his dick either i just think that's what makes him unique is the way they went after him and what he released. I mean, 
it, dude, he can't come back to the country. Yeah. So he he did something he wasn't supposed to do. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he, he can't come back it, to the country, but like, in all honesty, who knows where he's at, where he's going. Right. He has to have some level of protection by some government. He's, he's able to do a lot of things that we're not fully like, I'm not even worried about uh, Snowden. I just, no, I'm not. I, even, I'm see, just, back, I just brought him up as far as access to information. And back, back when all that happened originally, you know, the way at least I took it from the news was that he was almost some like mid-level, you know, security dude. That's what I'm and saying. Then, and but when and I mean, I don't know how factual the movie they released was with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. But you start to realize... Well, it was an Oliver Stone movie, so... You know, exactly. Automatically, it's probably 67% bullshit. But, I mean, I mean, at least, I think dude was still very high up within the NSA, at least compared to what I was led to believe. He was a computer nerd. Yeah. He was a nerd no, sure. that, that, yeah. was, that was... I mean, he, he really was no different than Assange. It's just Assange was... He was a computer nerd. But he was nerd, a useful and well-known nerd. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and there's nerds on both sides. They're you know, it's why you got anonymous, you know. I mean, they're they're out there trying to hack all this shit every day to bring real information to people. Yeah. And when they do, it gets shut down immediately. Um especially in the in any kind of news circles, and it winds up becoming it might be something that's just fucking so true that it's it's insane, but you read it on Reddit. And you're like, ah, it's bullshit, you know, because where you read it, because where you got it from. Sure. And there's a lot of, there's a lot, I think there's a lot of things like that that go on now that where, you know, normal news channels won't touch it because it's so real, you know, and, and, and you wind up with some, you know, jackass fucking throwing it in some 4chan or whatever, wherever the fuck they throw it. And, and people are like, you know, oh, that's, that's bullshit. That's not happening. And it might be the realest fucking shit that's happening there is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I've I've said it numerous times before. Conspiracy theories are just spoiler alerts at this point. Well, um, it's I mean, there's so many things in our history that are so much stranger than fiction. I've tried to bring up the MK Ultra stuff to my dad whenever he's like, oh, the government has our best interest at heart. I'm like. Did they, when they were testing us with LSD, dosing just random citizens without their consent? Yeah, and he's like, to use it as a fucking uh, military weapon. Yeah. <laughs> and I still bring that up as no, the CIA actually testified to Congress, yes, this shit was happening. And he's still like, I don't believe it. That's the whole gain of function thing to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that's, yeah. you know, that's mili- they're making military fucking viruses that they can. Release on a force and fuck them up. Excuse me, <laughs> Mr. Doug, but you, sir, don't know what you are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, excuse me, Mr. F- Mr. Fauci, but uh, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> With the longest needle you can find. Yes. <laughs> I'm just wondering what my safe word is when I become activated by the CIA. Oh, they'll let you know what it is. <laughs> but yeah, if you didn't think that they were reading emails and text messages before, you're... you're I, I'm sorry to say this. You're just naive and God bless you. But where did the technology come from to even have email? Right. From the military. So if you don't think that they already had back channels into that shit, they've been reading emails since email has ever been a thing. Just because Snowden came out and blew it open where they had to say, well, yeah, 
doesn't mean that in 1995 they weren't reading your emails when Snowden was in middle school. Right. Like, that's what that's my point. Oh, well, since email was born, I'm sure they were reading your email. Oh, yeah. No, because that, that's that, what I'm saying. Yeah, I yeah. know for a fact it was because I yeah. heard from a very reliable source as a teenager myself. Right. And I'm going to quote this individual. If you don't think that we have the capability of reading every email, you're a moron. Yes. And because the Internet is a military thing. It was exactly. designed and created by the military for military use. Yeah. This device you're listening to this podcast on was, was birthed out of the military. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. So if any anybody that thinks that the government can't. I mean, it, it's it, it does boggle my mind. Yeah, you're already in it. The so. shit that people say on, even the shit that some people say on Facebook, I'm like, are you a fucking idiot? <laughs> are you just a fucking idiot? I mean, are it, you really that stupid? It is very disheartening to see how blue-pilled right. the vast majority yeah. of people not only are, but want to be. Right. I've heard so many people say, you know, like I've said before, I just want to take the vaccine so that I can just move on with my life. Like, I'm willing to do whatever they tell me, regardless of what it is. I don't have that line in the sand. I will go along just to, to get along. Just to not disturb yep. the people. Like, and it's like, you have no idea how much you would have been supporting King George when America was becoming America. Yeah, that was, yeah. I mean, that would have, that statement right there would have been treasonous to the founding fathers of the united states you would have that, been that hung. Would have, you would have been hung for that <laughs> or just shot so yeah either way dead so well see and, and you know. i'm not you know by by any stretch of the imagination a violent individual but i'm also not a go along to get along sort of person either so i guarantee you if the government comes knocking at my door that i have to get the vaccine they're going to have to carry my fat ass out the door. They'll get the technology up. Well, they'll shoot you from about a mile away. With yeah. The, they'll just yeah. shoot, you, shoot you through the window. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All base satellite. And, and uh, Yeah. And you'll be, you'll have a fucking, and then you'll have a pellet in you that they can control all of your fucking brain and bodily functions. Oh, they already do. It's called my iPhone. No, the, I'm just the saying. The first Matrix was a documentary. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it was. It was a documentary. <laughs> it was. The, the second and third one sucked hey, ass, and, but and the, the first to, one. Speaking of to, documentaries. MK Ultra, getting back to that program, <laughs> yeah. the great one, fucking American Ultra, if you've never seen that movie, holy shit, you need to see it. It's pretty, yeah, it's a pretty that good one. That movie's great. Yeah. Well, it's funny that, you know, MK Ultra and all those experiments involved acid. Right. Which was supposed to, they tried to turn it into a military weapon. Instead, what it bred was Woodstock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. And the entire hippie revolution. Uh -huh. And that leads us into a recent documentary that came out on HBO Max, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, within the last month. It's, well, fuck me sideways. Woodstock 99. Yeah, it's yeah. about Woodstock 99, but I'm going to actually pull up exactly what it's called. And I'm going to play the trailer for it's, you. It's called Woodstock 99. Peace, love, and rage. Yes. Yeah, it's a series that HBO is doing called Music Box, where there is, I think they're doing like a total of four documentaries about different music stuff. Their first episode or first documentary that came out was just on Woodstock 99. And we're going to go through it. All three of us watched it over the past few days. And uh, <laughs> here's the wow. trailer. It's two, It's an hour and a half or two hours long. So, And I can't clip it because it's on HBO Max. But... Uh, Let's get into it. How you guys doing today? Welcome to Woodstock. There is a sixth sense 
that you develop when you spend your life going to venues. Woodstock, baby. I can tell you a hundred feet away what the energy in that venue is going to be like. It was not your parents' Woodstock. We got off the bus and I was like, something's not right. <laughs> Clairvoyant. It's Clairvoyant like movie. Water was $4 a bottle, which is a ridiculous cost. The porta potties, unusable. You had kids rolling around in what they thought was mud. Yeah. I thought it was mud. You could get away with it. You could feel something bubbling. <laughs> in pop culture, there's this dark oh, energy that was the <laughs> of young white males that entertainment is perpetuating. You have a crowd who are excited, inebriated, and you give them a band to help them release that energy. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, what do you think? They have the crowd going insane. People are rehydrated, passing out. There are a lot of stupid humans around that was great. Right now. There's no rest, there's no breaks, there's no rhythm, there's no come down. It's gonna crash. The laws of normal society just don't apply here. Kids were petrified out there. This wasn't Woodstock 69. There is an umbilical cord between the dark sexual, cultural underbelly in the country at that the time background music. to where we are now. <laughs> a lot of that energy just wound up in chat rooms and Reddit boards in 2021. The question quickly became not how could this have happened, but how could it not? Yeah, really. I get that. How could it not? But did. Okay, after everything we just went through about propaganda and all yeah. that shit, mm-hmm. this thing is just overflowing like a shit. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Body with it. It was it was a three day concert in 1999 with 350 fucking thousand people. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Sure, that's that that was my point when I was watching this whole thing. And uh, and let's get into Sir Moby. Okay, <laughs> so so this documentary. It was a good documentary. Yeah, I enjoyed it's a, it. It's a very good documentary. Yeah. And like every other documentary that's ever been made, it's slanted so that it only professes one way to see it. Oh, and, think and about it's, it. it's hyper slanted. I yeah. mean, if you weren't sure before 2021, uh, white males, we are still the problem. Oh, yeah. yeah, we are the target. 2024, yeah. boy, you are cool. And what they're going to start doing now and what they've been doing, but this is like the first big, like, I can point to it as they are going to start going back and reevaluating things that have happened in our lifetime to, to put today's lenses over yesterday to demonize that generation. We are the new boomers mm-hmm. and we are the ones that have to be cast out of polite society because we would be the type that would be in that crowd doing the horrible things that they talk about in this documentary. Now, they have a handful of people that they're interviewing throughout this documentary. Now, if you looked at the lineup, there were a shit shitload of bands yes. mm-hmm. on there. But for some reason, they pick out one band or one guy that wasn't ever on any of the main stages. No. One Moby. We actually brought him up last week, uh, and I even <laughs> came to his defense saying he was a real musician. I still stand by that. Right. But God Just damn, a pompous, is he a arrogant one. 
but goddamn, is he just the biggest bitch made cuck I've ever well, that I thought he was? But oh, insufferable would be a term I would use for him. Yeah. Oh, and day- I, I love how he tries to make himself sound like you know he's he was woke before woke was a thing. Oh yeah, no, he saw this coming. He yeah, knew. he was the one that can judge a venue from a hundred feet away before he walks in. Yeah, yeah. The 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 just by the crowd, that's bullshit. Well, oh, uh, by well, the way, Moby, how's your career going? Yeah. Well, not only that, let's stick on that. Okay, Moby. So you saw this coming, and you did nothing to stop it. You enabled it. You're just as guilty as the most guilty party that you want to throw stones at. You take just, take you, that, yeah. Moby. Yeah, you, but ball headed fuck. What, remember, I think Eminem said it best oh, I'm possible. Sorry, you're a ball headed fuck. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely ball headed fuck. Well, yeah. Remember the the hypothetical scenario that everybody likes to throw out there. You know, if you could go back in time, would you kill baby Hitler? You know, now knowing what you you know, if you could stop it, if you knew what was going to happen before it happened. Well, hey Moby, apparently you knew that things were going to go really bad, and the right only, when you got off the bus, yeah, and and you didn't leave. You actually stuck around for a day and a half. And did your gig. And then immediately the second that your obligation was fulfilled, you got out of there. You yes. pussy. You got yeah. out on the bus and got out of there. That is the quintessential activist. Modern day leftist activist. I, will, is, I, I knew it was bad. I knew it was so bad. You guys have no idea. I was. It was just as bad for me as everybody else. I will say this about... Uh, any and you could take any race of male 18 to 25 years old any race uh and have fred durst telling you to break stuff and you're gonna break stuff yeah mm-hmm. and uh that that's my that was my point in this whole thing i remember when, i remember watching i remember streaming it man we streamed it like i was telling you did we stream the whole fucking weekend and I remember sitting there watching the Chili Peppers on the last night and watching that fucking place burn to the ground mm-hmm. and going, that's 1999. Yeah. I looked at my I looked at my friends. I said, that's it. That's us. That's America. Yeah. That's not, that's not, it's got nothing to do with anything else, but that is America. And well, then two years later, what happens? Fucking 9-11. Got to get that war in. And, and see the 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 documentary you know makes Fred Durst the poster child for everything that went wrong with the whole thing. Right, right. And it's hilarious because when you read comments and you actually see people that went to the show, they all report the same thing, which is he was actually trying to be like, you know, hey, if you see somebody fall, pick them up. You know, just he was trying to actually be a voice for at least some order. Of no. course, I mean. A little bit. Fred Durst is a fuck up anyway. I, I, I'm not going to defend Fred Durst ever. I mean, that will never happen. But Jonathan from Corn, I will say this. He, now he did do what you're talking about. Because mm-hmm. I watch, I, like I said, we streamed it. We watched the shit. Jonathan did try to calm the fucking crowd down. Fred Durst didn't. I didn't see Fred Durst do shit. But no, I didn't say he tried to come like him. a little punk trying to get him to fucking break as much shit as they could break. And now I'm not, I don't care. I don't care about that. Yeah, I mean, it's I a don't, performance. It's, yeah, it's sure. performing and 
they knew what was going to happen when yeah, they did, fucking hired they, the band. Were I they mean, expecting uh, Limp Bizkit to come out and do an acoustic set? Right. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's my point. You know, <laughs> when it, they did the here's band our new song. Here's our new song that we're unveiling for the first time ever at Woodstock. Let's repair that thing that we broke <laughs> yeah, just yeah, now. Yeah. No, Un- yeah. Unbreak stuff. Yeah. yeah. Un- unbreak unbreak stuff, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> glue it back together. I'm going to glue this motherfucker <laughs> back tonight. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no. Yeah, no. that's not, that's and, not and, how this works. And so when they book the bands, <laughs> when they book the bands for this whole thing, and like you said, there was a killer, it was killer, man. There was a lot of good bands there. Fucking Metallica. I mean, yeah. every everybody. Uh, it was a great lineup, a great bill and even sunday you know i mean i saw jewel play it i saw saw all of that and when in the documentary when they talked to jewel and they i mean jewel shouldn't have been there to begin with but that's beside the point well but that's that's a big part of it though Mm -hmm. the lineup was what it was right jewel had no business being there alanis morissette had no business being there dave matthews definitely uh none of it was a metal show that you were you were also shoving all this other shit in. Why? Because it had to go under the banner of Woodstock. Right. The biggest bad thing about Woodstock 99 was that it was called Woodstock at all. Right. Mm-hmm. All it was was a very poor, poorly planned and designed music festival that take the the only reason why it even got any attention to begin with is because it had the Woodstock moniker right. over the fucking stage. Right. If it was Go Fuck Yourself Northern Rome Music Fest... Everybody, like most of the people wouldn't have shown up. You would have only had the metal kids. You would have had Jewel not show up. You you honey dicked them in by using that name. And there was no reason for a third Woodstock. Right. At all. It no. was a money grab. There was no sure. reason for a second one. Well, and I do want to say about the documentary, you know, that it was, like you both said, a very entertaining documentary. However, at the same time, on the propaganda end of things, white man bad white man race rapist mm-hmm. and also capitalism uh, hashtag you know metallica evil right because yeah, they, uh, they i mean shoehorned in napster which didn't happen until a year later right <laughs> yeah right. and it's like what the fuck you can't that's what i'm saying revisionist history but if you watch and i i i would uh i would ask any of our listeners like go watch it because it's a beautiful example of propaganda they fuck up right out of the fucking gate and they mm-hmm. hope that you don't remember it after they show you all the salacious shit for the next two hours. But they open up the documentary by saying, you know, the first Woodstock was not this rosy, lovey dovey, peace, love, and, you know, no, rock and paid. roll. Nobody no. paid it. What they, well, they not, broke not only that, the fucking shit. Not only that. People were getting sexually assaulted yeah, then. Yeah, they were getting killed. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. People were dying at the first one. Yep. But when you go back and watch Woodstock 69, documentary yeah that's not in there when when anybody talks about woodstock 69 it's just the free love and rock and roll man and it was great it was all about this era shit and they even like rosify uh you know rose-colored glasses uh 94 woodstock and it's like that was a fucking mud fight for three yeah, days yeah, it was and nothing people but got mud yeah. people got fucked up they got staph infections in their eyes and shit because yeah. <laughs> You still had the same issue with porter yeah. potties overflow. Any music festival, a three-day music festival, especially in the '90s, you had overflowing porter potties. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you, that look, was a thing that came with the like. They you, try to make it out to be like there was no water whatsoever. O- the only thing that they had to consume was beer and uh, and rape. 
and it was 112 degrees. If that was the case, you would have had thousands of deaths. Hey, there were frozen pretzels left on Sunday. <laughs> That's true. When they were burning down the fucking place. So, yeah. I mean. But they th- just tried food. to make it sound like it was the worst. Like, you can you can film any music festival and make it look like the most dystopian hellhole yeah, ever. Yeah, Music Midtown, well, yeah. you could have done that. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there was shit at Music Midtown. Yeah, but at least Music Midtown was organized. If nothing else, this documentary is an indictment of the fucking organizers. They didn't get it right back in 69. I mean, acts almost did not go on stage because they didn't get paid until the moment they went on stage, pretty much. Because the founder of Woodstock couldn't get his shit together. It's, you know, 30 to 40 years of him just fucking shit up. It's like the moral of the story is not misogyny. It's not capitalism. It's don't let that fucking guy run your music festival. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that they he do. had no business ever he, doing anything. They, they, they have festivals no. in Europe that are bigger than Woodstock. Yeah. And they do them every fucking year. And they run without a hitch. Yeah. At all. Yeah, and I Hellfest, mean, Va- yeah. a yeah, yeah, yep, Monsters of Rock, all mm-hmm. that shit, and they have them here in America, yeah. and they had them back then. That's another part that doesn't need to get lost here. It's not like Woodstock '99 was like the first big music festival. I mean, I obviously Lollapalooza, you, all that Lollapalooza, shit was going on. Warped Tour, Vans, uh, yep. Ozfest, like this wasn't like an unknown thing, right? Uh, hell, Fish in the late '90s and early 2000s. They were doing their own music festival on an old military base, much like this Woodstock right. 99, up in, I think, Limestone, Maine. Way the fuck up, not near anything, just like Rome, New York. And they had hundreds of thousands of people there. And I don't remember hearing anything about uh, riots, rapes, and, you know, deaths. Um, Even though it probably happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you get that it, many people, and that's another it's thing. It's gonna happen. That's a that's a part of human fucking nature. You get riots, that many rape, people. and unrest. Oh yeah. my! Yeah, if you get enough people <laughs> in an area, and they're getting fucked up, and, and it's hot as balls, that you're doing it in the mm-hmm. summer. Yeah, you know that that was the biggest mistake they made. Well, was the time of year they did it. Everything is possible right, when you have right. this not amount of people. Yep, and it, so it goes all back to planning. If they, it was just a poorly planned. Uh, festival. Mm. That's that's the long and short right, of it. Right. Yeah. Like, what is the festival that didn't happen? The fire festival. The fire festival. That's, that's right. it. The festival that never happened, and that was uh, that was in April of 2017. Yeah. Yeah. It was a couple years ago. I remember that. Yeah. Well, now, but I guess four years ago now. But yeah, that was. I remember. I remember the whole. Uh, they kept talking about the fire festival, and it was coming, and all these. It was just going to be the biggest festival ever and all of this. And they kept building it up and building it up. Yep. And then I remember the first time I heard, well, it's been postponed. And I'm like, postponed? Hmm. <laughs> That's when my light started going off. Yeah. And then and then uh, a couple of weeks after that, I had heard that organizers are having trouble having getting uh, supplies and things like that in place and in time and all this kind of stuff. I was like, hmm, sounds like a scam to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and if this guy, I forget his name, um, you know, if he was not associated with Woodstock, the brand. Yeah, that's Michael uh, Linden. Linden? Oh, I can't what happened 
back in 99 would have been just another fire festival. Right. You would have mm. never gotten the bands to buy in. You would have never gotten the corporate backing. It would have been no different than the fire festival. Because right. that guy had no fucking idea how to operate Obviously. anything. <laughs> yeah. uh, any, anything officially, you know, official and legit. Right. That's all that documentary was. But it's just hilarious that the entire run of that documentary was... On, its only goal was to get you to hate new metal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because it was misappropriation of black culture. Oh, that was another part of it. They had a black dude from the New York Times uh, in the beginning. They showed DMX on stage where he's singing to the crowd, and the crowd is singing the parts back to DMX, right. and it happened to have the N-word in it. And this guy's like, can you believe all of these white people thinking that they have the N-word pass or, you know, well, the right to all say the, the uncomfortable DMX, black people that DMX were there. When DMX has a mic in his hand and then he holds his arm out when they're supposed to say that word <laughs> and and you... He's and literally you're shocked, asking for it. And you're yeah. shocked that they say that word. <laughs> yeah. You know? What the fuck are you even in journalism for? Yeah, sh- I mean, why shut the you fuck in, up. Yeah, shut the fuck up, really. I, I've never understood that line of... White people can't say the N word when they're singing a song. Mm-hmm. It's like, get the fuck out of here, dude. I mean, especially if the song is nothing but the word. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many Klansmen, how many white supremacists are out there just tuning up their Tupac because yeah. they're getting ready to go lynch, <laughs> you know, right? A, a whole group of blacks. Well, Come that's on. my thing. What's more disrespectful, you know, just. You know, not saying the N word when somebody's holding the mic out to you. I mean, well, here's what here he would have never. You can never make you can never make these people happy because you bring rap artists onto your stage and Mm -hmm. let them perform in front of three hundred fifty thousand of his fans, right? And they're appropriating his culture, or you leave them off the bill entirely. They're not even including a, a rap artist. These gatekeeping assholes. Like, you can't win with these race obsessed dipshits. Well, I, I thought one of the DMX's dick was hard yeah. when they were saying <laughs> when they were doing that. Yeah, thing. I guarantee you. That well, motherfucker, he was like, "Hell yeah, I got three hundred fifty thousand of these motherfuckers in my pocket." Yeah, but I thought and that's one the of, point. Yeah. I, I thought one of the main characteristics of misappropriation, though, was that you don't give the credit. To the, um, you know, race of people that brought that artistry around. And I remember the 90s. I remember new metal. And they all gave a lot of credit to those that came before them. In fact, a lot of the people that are now bitching about it were supporting it back then because mm-hmm. they thought it was the greatest thing ever to blend all of these cultures musically. And you got out of it. A mixture of white suburban kids and black urban kids all experiencing something together and that was the same. And that was supposed to be good then, but now it's bad because it gave a bunch of white suburban kids the inward pass for an afternoon is how they're looking. It's like you guys can't even make an argument. Mm-hmm. But it, it just goes to show that this whole race obsessed bullshit is just that. It's just bullshit. I it's- thought Limp Biscuits sucked anyway. I mean, I <laughs> I never really got into the whole rap rock thing if you were 15 yeah, if you were I, mid-teens no, yeah. uh-huh. and fucking nookie came out yeah. or like a, the the re 
structuring of the song Faith right. came out. Which was, yeah, I love You would have eaten that shit up just with the rest of right. us. Yeah. Just like if I grew up in the 80s, I would have ate up hair metal. Right. And I would have been all about that shit. It's, it, it's all about the time in which you come up. Uh, and you're... Now your now, your opinion and looking back on Limp Biscuit is no different than mine looking back at, or looking at what's popular now. And but see, it. I look on, but I love corn. Oh, yeah. you know, I mean, and corn. Everybody they rap, they throw them in the rap rock thing, but they were it wasn't rapping. He was not rapping. He was no. more uh, unless you scatting. Can, unless you I count it, uh, Family Values. You call it scatting. Song. You ca- it's called scat is what it's called. Uh, the singing that he does. Yeah, he's. I mean, they've covered rap songs, but it's, it's almost like, uh, yeah, but he's not a. It's not like Limp Biscuit going. I just want to do days. Well, uh, the, you know, I mean, it's w- easy to hate Fred Durst because he doesn't sing and he doesn't rap. He whines. Yeah, he yeah. complains and he does. Yeah. He complains over a beat. You're right. right. <laughs> Although, yeah. I, I mean, I don't care who you are. Break stuff after a very bad day is a very therapeutic song. Hey, when you're in your the middle of your angst teens and you're in high school and you are you're able to drive in a car by yourself yeah. and you have the freedom to just crank that shit that you cannot play around your parents, it it becomes a little part of your adolescence. I'm, hey, not, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm not gonna lie. I auditioned for Limp Biscuit. Fuck yeah. But uh, uh you didn't wear enough I didn't paint no obviously yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't wear enough, you know, shit but we got Doug Bowling. I, I would here. have, I would have put up with it at the time. I would have put up with the music just to get that next step in, sure. in music. But oh, now, yeah. when I look back on it now, uh, had I got that gig, it probably wouldn't have been pretty. <laughs> it probably <laughs> wouldn't have worked out anyway. Yeah. Because you know, it's just not my kind of thing. I'm, but like I said, you look at corn. And and a lot of people lump them together because you know Fred Durst got corn their deal and all that kind of shit. Well, uh, what I think it was corn that got Fred Durst his deal. Oh well, I don't know. I Either way, the they're, way they're kind anyway, of anyway. That's why people lump them together because of that. Yeah, but uh, musically they have nothing in common. Nothing. They they sound they they even though they toured together and mm-hmm. did all that shit together. You listen to Freak on a Leash and you listen to fucking Break Stuff. It's two completely different bands. Well, new metal two was just a niche of- part of metal that could not be lumped in with the rest. It's kind of what like what uh, prog rock is or prog metal is now. Well, new metal it- is all new metal is to me is tuned down. That's mm-hmm. all it is to me. I can play songs that were huge songs in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I can drop my guitar down and play that same shit. And you'll say, oh, that's fucking, you know, this band or that's this band. No, it's not. It's the, it's the <laughs> shit you're in the 80s. It's just tuned down a lot. Oh, and, well, yeah. And, and so when you get to the new metal thing, that's why I hate fucking labels, especially in metal music. Because uh, now you've got, man, you've got fucking... 150 different kinds of metal now. And I it's can't keep insane. up with it. It's and like, I can can't we, either. Can we simplify this? Like, cause I'll listen to a lot of like music breakdowns and they're like, oh, well, that is postmodern black metal. Right, and I'm right. like, what the fuck are you talking and, about? And when we submit our material in, 
we have to pick a genre of music that we are. And I don't know what to pick. Genre genre and music is like genders today. There's too goddamn many yeah, of exactly. them. Yeah, exactly. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree yeah. with that. 100%. And, and, to, and to me, like the new metal is no different than grunge. It's uh, exactly. The difference between Mud Honey and Alice in Chains is just as vast as Corn and Limp Biscuit. Right. Uh, they belong on the same aisle in the record store. But they, it doesn't mean that they're the same. And when you get to the new metal thing, the new metal thing is actually very old metal. It's, I mean, you're going back to Sabbath is basically where you're going back to. Yeah, it's just all derivative. And Tony Iommi having to tune his guitar down mm -hmm. because he didn't have any fucking fingertips. Yeah. You know, that he had to tune his guitar lower than everybody else was tuning at the time. Yeah. And it made this sound that, that carried on all the way up into the new metal era yep. of music. And it's still being churned out. And it's it to me, it's just all metal. So this sure. is what I'll say about it. This, this goes beyond music. History never repeats, but it often rhymes. Right. And mm. music, music is not free from that either. The only difference is, is that time keeps on moving. People shake off this mortal coil and new generations are born right and generations where you're 22 in 1999 didn't grow up with sabbath so corn is the new shit right yeah. that's why you can keep churning out the same shit every 20 years right and and, and it's the, new then yeah. the new generation doesn't know any better right because they have no life experience so the first time they're hit with it they think it's the most remarkable shit ever and that goes for music politics pop culture yep. anything you want it's it might not be exactly what your parents were dealing with, right? But it's rhyming with it, right? And you think it's original, yeah? You yeah. think yeah. that the news of the day is so earth shattering and groundbreaking? It's just the same repetitive shit, just different degrees of what has already happened, right? You're and not it, you're not carving any new paths, yeah? Or paving yeah, you're, any not, new you're roads. not breaking any new ground. Now, as far as the uh, documentary goes, I mean, misappropriation gave way to misogyny. And, you know, they kept on playing over and over again. You know, the crowd shouting, show us your tits, which happens. Well, first of all, that's too many words. Just show, show your tits. tits. Yeah. Show, show your tits. tits. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all which those... is the rallying cry of every male. Yeah. 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 Uh, once I've seen, you know, one pair, I want to see the rest of them. Well, And here's the thing, ladies, even if you don't hear that being chanted, that's what guys are thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I sure would love to see those tits. You exactly. That, you hear that at the beach every fucking summer. Yeah. You get enough. When you when you look around and you see a lot of people your own age bracket <laughs> and you all know that you're thinking the same thing, well, it's only a matter of time before they actually start vocalizing it. Yeah. Not a big deal. Well, no, and so in this documentary, they they focus in on that so they can then also say it created... A culture of rape. Yeah, rape culture, at, bro. At the uh, festival and the reported amounts. Now, I'm not naive enough to think that, you know, just the reported instances are the only things that happen. I know a lot of things go unreported, but they had a total of eight. There was, what, 255? 300. 350,000 yeah. people. Three, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm sorry. 350. 50,000 people while you're looking so, up that number i'm going to go ahead and claim it to be a mostly a most non-rapey uh occurrence i'm gonna yeah. say most, 0.003 mostly non-raping event that. 
point zero 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 two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that, couple of zeros in uh, it. It's even more mostly not rapey than what they would have you believe. It was yeah. a mostly peaceful music festival. Yeah, I think we can, and I think uh, we yeah, can say I'm that. not going to say, you know, any instance of rape bad. Of course, I don't even think I really need to say that. But at the end of the day, you know, eight occurrences out of that many people. Sorry. Uh, it could have been much worse, especially with how angsty everyone got by day number three. Well, when you've been, when you've been fucked up all weekend mm-hmm. and it's fucking a hundred degrees outside every day, uh, by Sunday night, you, you're pretty much ready to t- burn the fucking place to the yeah. ground and get the fuck on out. And, and that's exactly what happened. And well, I wasn't shocked at any of it. No, I was. It was. It, none of it was a surprise. To what me. I said to Jim when I was talking to him earlier is, I remember being at shows back during this time, and the same shit happening. It was all a jovial kind of thing. But if we saw people actually get out of line, those people got their ass beat by multiple people. Well, I remember at Ozfest, the mosh pit was a great, it was a great equalizer for a lot of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I remember at Ozfest in probably oh one, maybe oh two, mm-hmm. here in Atlanta, um, at Lakewood, and they, it was, and that happened in ninety nine. Maybe it was two thousand Ozfest. Maybe it was something like that Either because. Way. Because uh, the same thing happened at Lakewood. They started a big ass fire mm-hmm. on the lawn, yeah, and, and which it, has happened at, yeah, a I, lot I of mean, times. Oh yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and they stopped the show to put the fire out. You know, yeah, and everybody. Now, of course, when you stop the show, everybody's going to go against the fire. Then, yeah, every they're like, "Fuck you, put it out." Everybody's yeah, pouring the their beer on, on it. Yeah, 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 to get the show going back, and so. It was the the same thing at Woodstock, you know. <laughs> it, it was crazy. It was crazy. There was nobody, nobody really. I don't think. I don't, I think they let that shit happen at the end, uh, just to put a stamp on it. Because if you look at the documentary, uh, and the MTV coverage of it. Oh, now that's, and I'm going to go into that. Oh. Uh, when you look at Kurt Loader and all of these fucks from MTV reprehensible. and they were making it <laughs> and they were making it out to into this monster yeah. mm-hmm. that it turned into for, gr- for this documentary, a great white devil. Right. And, and they, I think they kind of, they kind of forced sunday night to happen they forced you know, air into that fire the, yeah they did they put a lot of they breathed a lot of fucking air a lot into, of fuel it. into it and, and and they and they allowed it to happen just to see how far it would go and that is the exact same thing that our modern day media does yeah. today yep because yeah. mtv was the cnn of music yes they were and so there's like i said history might not repeat but it uh it it often rhymes and so everything that they tried to show in this documentary is no different than what we saw all last summer. Right. Yep. Just in one area. And they're trying to, th- they're trying to treat this as like the worst thing ever. It's like, right. uh, Hey, assholes, 2020 was not that long ago. Yeah. It yeah. literally just happened. Yeah. And in fact, there were actual murders <laughs> last yeah. year in that shit. Yep. Uh, plus all the other things that happened. Um, fuck. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, going back to, story time of what it was like to go to concerts during this era. Like I remember music midtown 2001 
I went and I think it was probably my first, that was probably my first festival experience with multiple the- stages, multiple days and whatever. I was at that one. I was oh. down in front of the 99X stage when Puddle of Mud was playing. Yeah, Mud Puddle. <laughs> and I, at that time, I was maybe five foot eight, five foot nine, every bit of a hundred and maybe 40, <laughs> 30 pounds, probably. Right, right. Probably closer to 125. Yeah. And they were playing their hits. And it was the middle of the day. It was kind of low key. Like nobody was going crazy because they were saving up their energy for nighttime. And I was there with a group of my friends, and I said, uh, hey, I'm going to try to see if I can get to the front. And they were like, you can't. Like, it's it's shoulder to shoulder. And I was like, launch me up into the crowd. I'm going right. to go crowd surfing. Right. First major festival, never been crowd surfing, and I'm like, this is a good time. <laughs> right. Now, <laughs> the stage was on a parking lot. Right. It was not in a grass right. field. Right. There was no dirt below me. It was asphalt. Now, my little white ass goes up into the air and i'm crowd surfing for a solid song i mean they i I was not much work for the crowd to keep up right yeah but they carried me over to where like the jocks were right just these fucking muscled up just meatheads i get over to them and they literally took me and they say hey which direction do you want to go and i just pointed towards the stage now we're a good 30 yards away from the (laughs) stage and they're like we got you. Yeah, and they just they, threw your ass. They collectively tossed me as <laughs> hard as they you, could. Right? Yeah. As hard as they could towards the stage, which was, um, I appreciated their efforts. Right. But the problem <laughs> in crowd surfing physics is if you show up unexpected, the people aren't ready to yeah. carry your load. And so what happened is they just threw me into a whole group of unsuspecting people <laughs> that broke my fall, uh, and, and then I fell straight onto the fucking asphalt. <laughs> yeah. No, see, and half the people wanted to kick my ass right, and beat the fuck out of me. Because you hit them in the back of the head. Yeah, very hard. Yeah. With elbows, very yeah, bony yeah, ones. Yeah. <laughs> very, bo- bo- very bony and pointy ones. But the other half realized, oh, that dude just got launched by those assholes. Let's pick him up and get him back to his people. No harm, no foul. I mean, yeah, sure, it got roughed up. I, I didn't go crowd surfing again, but uh, god damn, those were the days. See, my my first uh, crowd uh, crowd surfing experience. Yes, my fat ass once was be able to to be supported by a group of people. Um, was actually uh, Kit Rock during Bawa to Ba, and. So they've got me up. Oh, I'm, that's, I'm, that's tragic. I'm, uh, <laughs> that's fucking tragic. And it's most of the song they've got me up, but right around the part where they go, now get in the pit and try and love someone. Oh boy! They tossed me directly into the pit. Oh well, yeah! <laughs> get out of there, buddy! I nearly got trampled. Now, I, back during this time, and pretty much all throughout my twenties, that was my favorite thing to do: is to go to live shows. Yeah, I've said it. A million times on this podcast. It's still my favorite thing. But back then, I was young enough and I had the energy to fully be a part of right. all aspects that right. were, you know, uh, a live music show. And I had no problem whatsoever being completely isolated from my entire group. I would go off on my own and I would just venture, especially like overnight camping festivals. I would just, I'm just going to go see what there is to see. And I don't need a group with me. I would just go into any group, any crowd, whatever, because I knew I was like, hey, I can make a friend in here. And I never had anything bad happen. I never yeah. got jumped, never got my ass kicked. 
The worst thing that ever happened was when they tossed me a little too far in a crowd surfing thing. I'll tell you a good, this is a good story when I was living down in Florida and uh, we went to see Aerosmith and um, they were on the permanent vacation tour. And I believe White Lion was opening for them, <laughs> the band White Lion. And uh, well, I was buying tickets for everybody and there's this, this kid named Melvin, black kid in my neighborhood. And I said, Melvin, you want to go see Aerosmith with us? And I said, I'll buy your ticket, dude. And he goes, hell yeah. He says, it's my birthday. And I'm like, cool. And Mel was like, he was probably 17, maybe 18 years old at the time. And, uh, <laughs> and so we all go to the concert, right? And we get there and Melvin, when, once we get in there, he's like, he's freaking out. Cause he's never seen anything like this. You know, he's never been to a concert. And so we get separated from Melvin. I'm like, oh my God, we got to find Melvin. We couldn't find him. We couldn't find the whole fucking show. Right. Yeah, and uh, after the concert, I'm walking around. I'm walking all around the arena, asking people if they. And I actually ran into people that saw him, and, <laughs> and they said, "Yeah, yeah, I saw him coming, you know, but I hadn't seen him in a while, you know." Yeah, and so everybody had made it back to the car, and uh, I'm still walking around in the parking lot of the arena. I'm looking all over for him. And one of my buddies comes comes back from the car and gives me, he goes, dude, he's at the car. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, he's at the car. He said, he's got a hell of a story too. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I get, we get back to the car and this is now, remember this is in Lakeland, Florida, Polk County, Florida, uh, a, a young black dude at an Aerosmith concert. And <laughs> I walk up to the car. He's fucking drinking beer. He's sitting at the car drinking beer. He has Steven Tyler's signature on his shirt. He's got Joe Perry's on the back of his shirt. And and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? He goes, dude, I met the whole band. <laughs> he said, and, and he goes, he didn't know who any of them were. He had no idea who the fuck they were. And uh, and he goes, dude, I got this signature, and he showed and he showed me on his shirt. You know, and it says Steven Tyler. I'm like, holy shit, you met Steven Tyler? And he goes, yeah, I met some other dude. He's on the back. And uh, and it was <laughs> Joe, Joe Perry, Joe Perry's signature. Oh. And, uh, he said when the first band was playing, which was probably White Line. He got separated from us while that was going on. Yeah. And um, I, in between White Line and Aerosmith, I was actually walking around looking for him. That's when I couldn't find him anywhere. And I was like, fuck, I don't know where the kid is. So we get back up and we watch Aerosmith. So while I'm walking around looking for him, he walks to around to the side and there was a guy there with a, with a, a laminate pass on and he was just standing there talking to him. He, he was telling the guy, yeah, man, this is killer, man. I've never been to a rock concert. And he's telling him, you know, he's just all excited and shit. And the guy let him back. <laughs> he goes, hey, man, come here. And he yeah. let him in. And before Aerosmith went on stage, he <laughs> nice. is, I would love to, to ask Steven Tyler if he remembers this <laughs> but one day, sometime. And they were talking about how uh, that it was cool to have somebody like him because he was so excited, man. Yeah. He was just like excited. Oh, this is your about, first concert? Yeah, Check this shit yeah. out. This and, is never going to happen yeah, ever right, again. Right. And then he, <laughs> and so I don't know if he watched, he, cause he said, when he was watching the concert, he said he saw most of it from the side. Yeah. So I'm guessing he was backstage the whole time, and he didn't even know it. He didn't, Damn. He, he didn't even know what the fuck he was doing. When the concert was over, he came out a completely different fucking door than we did. Yeah. So when he came out that door, he just came out the door, went to the car, 
and started drinking all the beer. <laughs> he started drinking all the beer in the car. And so when everybody's coming out into the parking lot and we were all looking for him, and I was looking for him to come out the door, the main door, you know, where yeah. we fucking went in. I'm like, surely he'll come out, you know? And I never saw him, and I was freaking out, dude. It would have been so fucking hilarious that while you're looking for your friend, everyone's like, where the fuck is he? Where the fuck is he? And you look up at the Jumbotron, and he's behind (laughs) Stephen Tyler. And he's just sitting there not knowing the words. He has no idea what the fuck is playing. He's he's off rhythm, too. And this is like, (laughs) this is in the 80s. This is like in the mid-80s, you know? And I, I was, dude, I was so freaked out that something had happened to him, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, something happened to him. He was fucking, that motherfucker was all jacked up too, man. Oh my he God. Was like, People in the crowd are like, like, oh my God, they got run DMC here. Yeah, yeah. Run right this way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny as hell. And for his very first rock concert, you know, I, I haven't talked to him. I don't even know if he's still with, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know nothing about him, but, uh, that was a good story too. Well, see, and that- what made it. What made you totally believe it was he had, this, he had there, the fucking he had evidence. the proof he had on the, his shirt, he had the receipts, yeah. See, yeah. The, on an Aerosmith shirt that they had <laughs> gave him. You know, I mean, this is all a positive, very positive story of which we all have. Now, the documentary though likes to focus. Now, you know, from the beginning, they start showing these little journal entries. You know, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot keep, about this. Keep reading them off. And you know what it's leading to. I mean, every one of us that's ever seen a documentary, you know what it's doing. Yeah. And if it they're leads, setting up a hero, yeah. it's only to... Oh, no. They're leading up to a tragedy. <laughs> yeah. And the ultimate tragedy was the capitalistic fucks known as Metallica had the audacity to perform during the time that this kid died. Now, okay. His dream was to get in the mosh pit for metallica yeah and this is what they focused on and i'm sorry there are deaths at concerts they happen it sucks but again it's one instance out of three hundred and fifty thousand fucking people yeah you can die at a show with 500 people yeah yeah um i was at a corn show here in atlanta i was down in the pit and only found out the next day on the news that somebody died in that pit Mm mm-hmm Shit happens. Somebody falls the wrong way. They break their neck. They hit their head. They, you know. um, Hey, that system of a down concert we were at was touch and go for a while. Yeah. I've been to tons of shows. We were at a frat party and uh, we were doing production there and uh, we were doing the PA for the band and shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there was these dudes, they kept getting up on the top of the truck and it had been raining. And we kept telling them, fucker, you need to get off the top of the truck. You're going to fucking slip you're, and bust you're your gonna ass. You're going to pull in a Rona. And, and, and yeah. you're going to fall and off this is a this is a 24-foot fucking rider truck. Yeah. You know, I mean, and and they were still up there fucking around. This kid fell off and broke his neck and died. Mm-hmm. Boom, right there, dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and uh, the party was still going, you know. I, was I, like, I, don't, it was I don't understand this. This inability to conceive that life is very touch and go at all times Mm -hmm. like you can very fragile you can go at any time for the dumbest reasons yeah and uh yeah dying in a pit is not that unique and if if people think it is then don't ever go into a pit you will get fucking destroyed right Mm -hmm. like i think that the the glorification of a lot of this stuff without like understanding the reality of what it could be is what leads people into stupid decisions in places where they have no fucking business. Yeah. I'm going to get in the pit. I'm just going to go raise some hell. Nothing bad can happen to me because it's me. Yeah. 
Uh, well, here's the thing. Nobody's looking out for you, and you can die at any time, anywhere, uh, even at a rock show. But uh, anyhow, I had another story I was going to touch on about the Offspring drummer uh, getting booted out of the band. Well, and we'll close on for, this. For not getting vaccinated. We'll, we'll yeah. close on this because this kind of ties it all together. Uh, the Offspring was actually also at Music Midtown where I was crowd surfing. Uh, they also they played Woodstock, Woodstock 99, 99. Mm-hmm. and they were a part. They were one of the very, very, very few acts that got interviewed. Uh, funny, they didn't interview Limp Biscuit or Metallica for this uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. Hmm, almost as though they wanted to carry a narrative. Anyway, right. yeah. but they did talk to Offspring, which it's funny because they show Offspring coming out actually uh, displaying violence against boy bands in right. sync, I believe, right. on stage. Yeah. But they carry none of the blame of right. what happened because they wore a Black Lives Matter t-shirt to the interview and they're super woke now. You know, pl- Pretty Fly for a White Guy has, has taken them a, a far, a long way into uh, social justice warring. But um, this news came out this past week, I think it was last Monday, where they fired their drummer for not taking the corona vaccine but he's he he's not allowed to take yeah, the, he can. the vaccine yeah. his right. doctor advised him not to mm-hmm. and even that was still not good enough so he released a statement about this that I'm going to read through because it's pretty interesting the way that he words some things and it kind of gives you a little bit of insight on how we got to now a drummerless offspring so his name is Pete Parada and on his Instagram And on his Instagram, he had this to say. I've got some unfortunate and difficult news to share. I know many of my close friends and family would have preferred to hear this privately first, and I apologize for the public nature of my disclosure. But I don't know how to have this conversation multiple times. Given my personal medical history and the side effect profile of these jabs, my doctor has advised me not to get a shot at this time. I caught the virus over a year ago. It was mild for me, so I'm confident I'd be able to handle it again. But I'm not so certain I'd survive another post-vaccination round of Goulain-Barr syndrome, which dates back to my childhood and has evolved to be progressively worse over my lifetime. Unfortunately for me and my family, who is hoping to keep me around a bit longer, the risks far outweigh the benefits. Since I'm unable to comply with what is increasingly becoming an industry mandate, it has recently been decided that I am unsafe to be around in the studio and on tour. I'm curious who made that uh, call, by the way. He continues, I mentioned this because you won't be seeing me at these upcoming shows. I also want to share my story so that anyone else experiencing the agony and isolation of getting left behind right now knows that they are not entirely alone. I have no negative feelings towards my band. They're doing what they believe is best for them while I'm doing the same. Wishing the entire Offspring family all the best as they get back at it. I'm heartbroken not to be seeing my road community, and I will miss connecting with the fans more than I can express in words. While my reason for not getting this jab is medical, I want to make sure I'm not carving out a space that is only big enough for me. I need to state unequivocally that I support informed consent which necess- which necessitates choice unburdened by coercion. I do not find it ethical or wise to allow those with the most power, in parentheses, government, corporations, organizations, and employers to dictate 
medical procedures to those with the least power. There are countless folks like me for whom these shots carry a greater risk than the virus. Most of us don't publicly share a private decision we've made in careful consideration with our doctors. We know it's not an easy conversation to unfold. If it looks like half the population is having a shockingly different reaction to these jabs than was expected, it's probably because their life experiences have actually been shockingly different. And their reasons range from a conscientious risk (laughs) slash benefit analysis. Yeah, you know, words. They range from a risk-benefit analysis to the financial inability to take time off of work slash lack of health care and the event of potential side effects to an understandable distrust in a system that has never prioritized the health or well-being of their communities. I hope we can learn to make room for all the perspectives and fears that are happening currently. Let's avoid the unfortunate tendency to dominate, dehumanize, and shut down at each other or shout down at each other. The hesitant population is not a monolithic group. All voices deserve to be heard. In the meantime, I'm in the midst of launching a project, releasing some music. Okay, so then he goes on to just talk about what he's going to be up to instead of being in the band. I think he said some key things in there that are huge. Mm. He he laid it out. I got no problem with that release. I think that is perfect. Right. His coverage on informed consent, I love. Yeah. He spoke out again. He's like, look, the band doesn't want me in because I, they think I'm a risk to them. I will leave because the risks far outweigh the benefits of getting what he called the jab. But just, but like, I mean, who makes the decision? That's the thing. Is it a band decision? Is no. it a management for the band decision? Is it the venues themselves that are saying... You know, all of the people in your group must be vaccinated. If they're not, you can't play at this venue. Um, where where does it, how high up the chain is that going? That's what, that's my question with this. Is it, you know, because if it's just a band decision, if, if it was just the band deciding it, I mean, yes, they can decide whatever they want to do, but that's a pretty shitty way to treat your drummer. Oh, no doubt. Um, so, uh, a drummer that's been there since the fucking beginning. Right. That, and that's what I'm saying. So, and your friend, supposedly, whatever. Now, if it's not, if it's out of the band's hands and it's up to the management, um, and it's a management decision, then why isn't the band sticking up for their drummer to the management? Yeah. Now, if it goes beyond that and it's promoter, venue, things like that, then you're jeopardizing the entire fucking tour. Yeah. And, and, the it it only ties the band's hands to get rid of the drummer and get one to even do the fucking tour. Yeah, so I haven't done a deep dive into the other band members' statements on this, so there's a possibility for any of those to be true. I will say this, kind of going back to me going to the Braves game, where there was no check or anything. Right. Another band that I'm also a fan of, Widespread Panic, is on tour now, and they're doing the tour that they had slated for last year, and I don't know if this is for their entire tour, but they did put out a press release about their show in Asheville, North Carolina. They released this on July 30th. It says COVID-19 protocol for Asheville, North Carolina, which would have been August 6th, 7th, and tonight. 
Proof of full vaccination or proof of a negative COVID test within the last 48 hours will be needed for entry into the venue. A nasal swab COVID test will be available at a closely located area for those seeking immediate proof of their COVID status. That's for everybody coming into the venue. The state of North Carolina has strongly encouraged mask wearing in public indoor venues for all vaccinated and unvaccinated citizens. Widespread panic band and crew members support this protective measure. helping to ensure the safety of everyone in attendance. If you have purchased a ticket and don't feel comfortable with the protocols above, see, that's the thing is you bought the tickets probably last year, right? Months ago. Right. And now if, if, if you're in the same situation as this drummer, in order to go see a band, you have to at at minimum get a Q-tip shoved up your fucking nose to, to then go in. Um, it, it continues to just say we support this and we want to just uh, the overall health and for our community is that and that see that and, and like I but said, but I don't know I'm, if that's the band if that's just that one venue <clears throat> right. in Asheville or if. But the thing is, is if you have it here and the bands aren't willing to just say, well, then we're not performing there. Then eventually, if it starts popping up and more, if more people keep going to these shows and just going along to get along. Right. That's where that's where they get their gas. Yes. Yes. So if I had a ticket to that show, because my buddy uh, who lives in Charleston, we were planning on going to that show. We didn't because we'd rather save up our money for their New Year's show at the Fox Theater here in Atlanta. But even had we bought tickets, we would not have gone. And that's why I'm that's what I wonder about all these shows that are coming up, you know? Yeah. Is it going to be, is that going to be the case? Is it going to be, you either have to be vaccinated or you get fucking tested at the show or whatever. I mean, how do they not have, how do they not have like, here's your vaccinated area and here's your unvaccinated area. Right. Like a smoker, smoking section, non-smoking section. I mean, at least that would be some level of like, you know, involving everyone. It's to me. To use a pun, you got to keep them separated. Yeah. You got to keep yeah. the unvaccinated <laughs> separated from the herd over here. And if bands are willing to lose band members and bands are willing to lose audiences. And that's why I wonder if this is higher than the band. And I think that this is what brings us all the way back to the beginning of the show with once this stuff gains FDA approval. Right. Mm-hmm. Insurance companies for these tours. Right now, this is a testing of the waters. They yeah, can they right. can already do this on small scales here and there, but once it gets that big check mark from Big Daddy government, don't think that they're not going to want to do this everywhere. And that's not fear mongering. It's just be aware of it. Don't buy tickets to something not knowing what they are going to make you right, go their through. Protocol sure. Yeah, don't yeah. get caught off guard thinking you're go- about to go see a band that you might have driven three hours to go see, only to find out that no, you got to show them your papers. Right. Um. Not cool in yeah, my book. No. Yeah, that's not that's not cool at all. And so. it's never happened. Unprecedented. Unprecedented shit yeah. going on. I mean, we started a year and a half ago talking about this virus and and now we're talking about how it's seeped into music, concert going, the world's opening back up, but how is that gonna affect all the little inner workings of what we want to do, what we would like to do, and what we can do. It it looks like in some areas of this country you're going to be able to do a lot more regardless of your mm-hmm. status, and in others you're 
if you have any balls, you'll move the fuck out of the areas that are forcing you right. to do any of this shit. Right. Yeah. And if and if this is uh, a decision higher up than the bands, the bands need to fucking step in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And say fuck this. You know. I mean, if if a band's if a band's willing to let to let uh, the venues and the management and all of that control this, that's fucked up. Yeah. Our band will never do that. Yeah. I'll say that right now. I would, if if they forced us, if they were trying to force us to say all of your people that come to this show have to be vaccinated, I would say then we're not playing that show. That's what I would I, want to see because the whole spirit of rock and roll is not defiance. Comply, it's, yeah, and you know, you know, get checked out and all this other shit. It's uh, it's a sad day. When rock and roll is the the soundtrack for compliance, the that's villain. all I'm saying. Yeah, it always is the villain. But yeah, know. so sorry to leave everybody on kind of a potential bummer, but uh, we'll be back again next week for more rants and ravings from your three favorite lunatics. Until then, okay, bye.